That look on your face tells me that you have no recollection of me, however. I think you are now ready. Ready to hear what happened 100 years ago. Spoiler-filled episode of the 4205 cast. Kings are coming at you live, but you'll hear us on tape delay. So today I have with me... Theo. And that's it. Because we're the only two at the table who have played... I didn't know you can do this, the game. <laughs> otherwise known as Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes, yes. Uh, this means we're going to talk about it. And if you don't want to hear about it in explicit, gory detail... Yep. Where everything is going to be broken apart and laid bare for everyone to see. Do not listen to this episode. I don't want to get any complaints that you were spoiled when we were doing a spoiler episode. Or again, like the Final Fantasy XV spoiler cast. If you don't care about that, you can still listen. Yeah. You know, at some point we'll be talking not about the story because not really much there. Really not. Uh... But uh, more of a breakdown of the mechanics, the the world yeah. itself. So this is your final warning, because once you go past this point, you're now honor bound to listen to the rest of it. You're now in the wild. So, spoilers in this episode. Theo, what is going to be in this episode? Spoilers for Breath of the Wild. Zelda Breath of the Wild. All right, I'm going to say it one more time. Zelda Breath of the Wild spoilers, this is your last chance to get out. Mm-hmm. All right. With that said, let's talk about some of the story. Link defeats Ganon. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, not much there. No. But what is there is nice because it's not intrusive. Right. It's it's all cart. Yes. If you're interested in it, you can go seek it out. Yep. And they give you some stuff with a mediocrely voiced... Uh, crew some are slightly better than others i think there's probably two bad voice overs in that whole game but the rest i i think we're done very well mm. the notable was the uh the goron champion you now, like I'm, I'm sorry not the goron champion the, Rito the, um, champion the gerudo champion yes the gerudo champion yes she is probably my favorite character in the whole game okay 
I'm going to go with Zelda as my favorite character. <laughs> because she's my favorite character in Zelda. Go Zelda's. <laughs> Always my favorite character. <laughs> except when she was a pirate. I didn't like that. Oh, really? That's my favorite Zelda. She was cool, though. Yeah. Tetra was cool. Uh, so overall, did you think the voice added the voiceovers? Well, you said something in one of our episodes where Zelda, I, I complained about Zelda's voice actress, and you was like, oh, you know, when you get a little further, you'll see, you know, why she sounds like that. And while I don't exactly think that's an excuse for the poor choice of a voice actress or whatever the direction she got, it does make more sense that she was, you know, exasperated or, like, felt defeated. She was very resentful. Yes. And the when we played Skyward Sword mm-hmm. and the characterization they gave Zelda in that game, uh, far, far and beyond anything they'd really given her. The, the only other close option was Twilight Princess. Yeah. Where she was... She was pretty much a queen in that, like taking care of shit right. in that game. Uh, this Zelda has this dimension about her of like this failure hanging over her head. Not, not only that, she actually failed. Yes. Which is like when I, I was explaining this to my fiance where um, she was like, you know, um, why is she taking this so hard? And I explained the story of, you know, what happened. Like she couldn't unlock her power of, you know, the power of wisdom. And she had to go to alternate means to try to stop Calamity Ganon. And then, like a virus, he infected everything and dis- pretty much destroyed yep. destroyed everything. And like when I said to my fiance, she was like, holy shit, that's actually really fucking deep. That, that's why she's just kind of not very happy. Yeah. So this is not your normal plucky save the Zelda yep. Zelda. And her being, you, you mentioned Skyward Sword, like she was so hopeful of Link because they grew up together. She mm-hmm. knew what he'd been through and how hard he trained to be a knight. But in this game, there's a there's a memory where the uh, Gerudo champion, she explicitly says um, that sorting your back is a constant reminder of her failures. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand that at the time, but then like reading her diary in, in Hyrule oh. Castle, I was like, oh, she felt that Link just came upon him being awesome like he's an amazing sword uh wielder i don't know if she knew if he was the champion of courage yet but she looking at that was like man this became so easy for him why can't i do this i've spent my whole life devoting myself to prayer to training and i cannot unlock this power that i need to you know defeat ganon and she was stuck yeah even 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 when she went to the shrine of wisdom she didn't get it there nope so it's like, everybody just looks sad at that moment. It's like, man, I got it at that point. Yeah. I was like, huh. Well, shit. We have a, a cop car or an ambulance. I think they want to join in on the spoiler cast. We, we're spoiling too much. And they're like, nope. <laughs> you got to stop that. <laughs> like Atlas over here. <laughs> uh, when, when Zelda, which, I don't remember where, where the scene was, but... Mm-hmm. Zelda's wearing uh, this, it's kind of like a gown, but it's it's got the blue coloring. Yes. And she's talking about how you need to go to check out the, the digs and the excavations and trying to calibrate the stuff. And then the king walks in. My favorite memory in that game, bar none. And he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to stop this right now. Yeah. You got to focus. Mm-hmm. And she's living with that like every day. And you find out. 
you, you go to Hyrule Castle and you're reading the diaries <clears> and King's like, man, I hate that I have to do this, but, but we, we really we, need this. We, we, I, I, I want to be the father for her, but I have to be the king for my people. Right. And she needs to unlock that power. So Ganon is coming, guys. Yep. And, and then you, her, yeah. you read her diary mm-hmm. and she's... Man, mom died so young. When I was so young, she didn't get to teach me anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to learn this on my own. Yeah. And it's there's not much exposition dump in in this game. None. Yeah. But you find if you if you seek out those two diaries in in Hyrule Castle and read them, it's the entire the entirety of the background of the story is really explained. Yeah. It's not the the scenes that you get, the ones that you search out, you know, they're good. They show you what the importance of these pre- these previous champions mm-hmm. were. I, I think, to be honest with you, half of them are honestly a little bad. Right. But, I mean, as characters, but they they had a job. Yeah. And their job was obviously an important job mm-hmm. because you're kind of going back to get them to do their job again 100 years later. Yeah. So, clearly important jobs, but the the importance of the story lies in those two diaries. Mm-hmm. And and not only that, the state of Hyrule Castle, where it shows what happened in the hundred years, and like you're going through the crevices and going through the dungeons and shit like that, and you're like, holy crap, man! Like, you see the grat like. I, I I'm at a constant disconnect with this world because like the calamity Ganon has won, like things are fucked up. It's not like in Ocarina Time where you go into the future and then you see the wake of what happened when Ganon took over. Mm-hmm. And this is like, stuff is kind of flourishing. Yes, things are going bad. You know, the Zora Dan might be, might break soon and might flood everybody. And everybody has their own, like, you know, um, strides to get over. But the world, more or less, is okay. Yeah, if you're not near one of the beasts, you're Yeah, you're right. fine. Yeah, more or less. And the amount of time I took to play that game, you they would have been fine for a long time. But, <laughs> Nothing's happening. But going into Hyrule Castle, before you even go to Hyrule Castle, like going into like Hyrule Town Square, and you seeing like the wake of what happened, that's when it finally hit me. I was like, oh man, this was a bad scene a hundred years ago. Yeah. Everything was just devastated. Yeah. And you you really only get that feeling if you go north. You see a little bit from the from the plateau. Yes. You see a little bit of it when you're going to Kakariko. Yeah. There's actually a very good area, probably my favorite area in, in showing the destruction of what happened 100 years ago. And it's funny enough where you get the final memory where you go back to Impa and she's like, oh, go back to the scene. And you see all the dead guardians in that area. Yep. I think it's on the way to, um, I forgot the village name, Hat- Hatano? Hatano? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. And it's like, looking at that, you're like, holy, what happened here? Like, cause I I saw that dozens of hours before I finally got the last memory, but it, it always was in the back of my mind. Like something bad must have happened here, mm-hmm. and something bad, something bad happened. Did you take a picture of the uh, of the map that she showed you? <laughs> no, I did not. And I was kind of scrambling to find the last memory because I was like, oh, I just want to see the last memory because I actually. Beat the game before getting that last memory. So I loaded back, got the last memory. So you got and then, the, the quote-unquote bad ending. Um, ending B. <laughs> <laughs> More or less, because it's not terrible. Um, And I remember looking around for a long time. 
for that memory. I'm like, oh shit, is it around here? But I know it's in that area. But no, I didn't take a picture of it. Yeah, I took a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, and then I was very surprised to see that when you take a picture of it and you go to the location, mm -hmm. the tablet brings up the picture that you took of the memory location. Wow, really? Yeah. That is really neat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I took that picture. Should we have a count in this episode of like, huh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> well, I mean, that is what the name the game is named. <laughs> with the with the ending and, well, well, I mean, we'll talk about this a little later with the dungeons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I said it on our last episode that I think that this Hyrule Castle dungeon is probably my favorite Zelda dungeon of all time. Mm -hmm. And... Which is crazy because it doesn't really have any puzzles in it. No. <laughs> but you know what? My, remember what my favorite Zelda is. That's true. The first one. And yep. None of the dungeons had any significant yep. puzzles. Mm -hmm. So when you when you're going in this this dungeon, you're you're working your way through it. You get up to the the end. You're you have your face off with Ganon, depending on how you do in the in the actual mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And then all right, I, I triumph. I have to face the unlosable final battle. Yeah, and then you get this. Very medium ending. I said on the previous cast um, that this game is about the journey, not the conclusion. <laughs> that is, there no truer words have been spoken. <laughs> because when I what I felt when I beat that game, I was like, oh, let me go back up so I could go back into this world and and explore some more because I just felt wholly unsatisfied unsatisfied by that ending. Like it wasn't. It wasn't bad, and, and I said it before, what made me feel disconnected was I always liked Ganon as a character as opposed to an entity. Yep. And Wind Waker is my favorite Ganon because he is a character in that. He actually didn't really do anything in that whole story, to be honest with you. No. Other than, he didn't even steal your sister. A bird stole your sister. Like, yeah. he didn't give a damn about your sister. He didn't really do much. <laughs> but, but he was there. He was there, and you, you had somebody that you can put a face to. As opposed to, yes, you had Calamity Ganon as a, a hole to put a face to, but you didn't, I didn't There was no him. interaction yeah. with him. He didn't speak with you or mm -hmm. anything. And, you know, you, you look at uh, Link to the Past and stuff like that. He didn't really interact with you in Link yeah. to the Past. He, he's like Anahim to mm -hmm. torture you. And then he says two lines of text to you before you fight him. Yeah, It wasn't really until Ocarina of Time when... Ganon actually got a voice. Mm -hmm. And they, they just went crazy from then on out. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's good when your villain, you give somebody a reason to fight your villain. Yes. In 1986, it's simple enough to say, the princess was kidnapped by this guy, go fight this guy. Yep. Because that's just what the games were. Yes. The princess Daisy was kidnapped by Donkey Kong. Go, go beat Donkey <laughs> Kong. Mm -hmm. uh, princess Peach was kidnapped by Bowser. Go beat Bowser. Yeah. And we didn't need much uh, um, from that. And, and I'd argue that you still kind of don't need it from those games. But this being such a, a storied game, I, I guess is the, the right the right word I want to use for that. It's it's like they evolved by devolving. Yeah. Which a lot of these games feel like. Yes. Honestly. I, I, I was, I, honestly, I was expecting a lot more from the ending. Yeah. Especially since, you know, you didn't really get any story in the game. So mm -hmm. I was kind of hoping to get some exposition in the in the ending. I think the thing that bummed me out the most is I realized that 
Ganon didn't kill Link. <laughs> oh, yeah. He died by a regular-ass guardian. Just he, got overwhelmed. He actually, he actually never met Ganon, which, in some respect, that's actually a little cool because, like, they were so overwhelmed by what was happening that he just died by a regular guardian. Not, not that to say that guardians are just regular foes. I wish you fought that guy. That one specific guardian. And that kind of uh, lies the rub with the with the memories for me. I feel like I feel like they should have been interactive in some way, shape, or form. Like you could form your own background? Kind of. Because honestly, when I found out a guardian beat him, I was like, oh, that's really shit. And this was after I taught you how to shield power. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, you let that guy beat you? Ah. <laughs> God damn it. In the beginning of the game, I'd be like, yeah, I totally get it. Those Guardians are ridiculous, but come on, they're nothing. It's, I don't know, like, there's little little things like that where you get you get shot down by a Guardian mm-hmm. and you you relive this memory and then you go, I want to get that guy. Yeah. But that guy doesn't exist. No. And it, it's kind of like what Final Fantasy XV did where it was, <laughs> what, what happened with all these guys I wanted to get? This dude killed my father. Why can't mm-hmm. I go in? Sorry, spoilers. Final Fantasy fifteen. You are listening to the spoiler cast. <laughs> this dude killed my father. Why can't I go after him? Yeah. You know, so you, you come to Zelda. This guy killed me. Yeah. Why can't I go after him now that I've been resurrected a hundred mm-hmm. years later? Uh, it's kind of a miss, I think. Yeah. Slight miss. It would have been because they already have the concept of a world of boss in the game mm-hmm. with the with the Hinoxes and the Taluses and such. Uh, that they could have easily just said, well, Yo, here's this a guardian. Is, this is a special guardian. This is the one. Yeah. And make it so that if you beat him, mm-hmm. he never responds. And, you know, you get your revenge. You can get a little cutscene after it. Something special. You yeah. don't even have to have something special. Just the satisfaction that you you did that. This game gives you a lot of satisfying moments, too, in, in its game. Yes, play, so. they do. That would have definitely qualified as mm-hmm. one. In a way, it was kind of refreshing to go through a Zelda game and not be beset by story and, and directions. And, and that's why I, I feel like this game as a whole is just me teetering between, man, I love this aspect, but damn, I wish they kind of changed it in this way. Because while I do agree that like the story is there if you want the story to be there, but it doesn't have to be. But you, it kind of, it kind of uh, falters a little bit because of that. Because I kind of have no strong connection to any of the, uh, the current characters in this timeline. Right. Like, there are some, like, Beetle. I always love Beetle, like, from Wind Waker. Like, that's my boy. Of course, yes. <laughs> Why not? Did you did you finally uh, deny him a Beetle? Oh, yeah, and he says he's gonna slit my throat <laughs> as I'm sleeping and steal it from my carcass? He didn't quite say that, but... That's kind of what he said. Along the lines. Yeah, his, like, five different lines... Yeah, I only saw two so far. He's a superstar in this yeah, game. Yeah, he's amazing. And, you know, Kaz. Kaz is an awesome, like, supporting character. Mm-hmm. But, like, the character, Goron, ancestor you meet, like, he's kind of a non-factor. Yeah. The, oh, most of the ancestors you meet, other than, uh, I think Rija is actually a, a great chief for the Gerudo people. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a fun character, but because there's no story there, I feel like... Like who are you people? Like why? Eh, I guess I I I have I have a duty. It was a 
at least with the Zoras, it was a good touch mm-hmm. because for unbeknownst to pretty much, I guess everybody who played Zelda games, yeah. Zoras have extremely long life sta- lifespans. This is never something that was really touched on before. I think I think I text you. I was like, "Hey, how long is Zora supposed to live?" <laughs> and then you were like, "Apparently, in this game, hundreds of years." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I just wanted to know. You know what? Not for nothing. It feels like a lot of people has lived a long time in this game. There's a couple. <laughs> like, why is? Granted, I don't know what kind of life expect- expectancy is in Hyrule, but I don't think Impa should be alive for that long. Sheikah magic. Sheikah magic. Ninja magic. A wizard did it. A wizard. A wizard. A wizard did it. Wizrobe, Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't. After pretty much that, I'm not really sure what I can say about the storyline that isn't basically Link saves the princess. Yep. Because that's essentially what it boils down to in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two endings that really doesn't amount to much. Yep. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can move on a little bit now. Yes, because we are now at the meat of the game. <laughs> the music. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't sleep on that music. So I I think we should we should we should give it a little bit of attention. Okay. Uh I like the music direction. Yes. I'm not sure if I agree with the fact that the music is sparse. I think I probably disagree with that only because I I went back to Ocarina of Time because I was like, you know what? I've never finished uh Majora's Mask. Let me play Ocarina and go through um that game to to play Majora's finally. And the moment you get to Hyrule uh, Field, it's just this music blaring, and it's so annoying. Like, especially after this game. Granted, Hyrule Field, you could probably traverse the whole thing in a span of five minutes. So you're not hearing it for... Yeah, you're not hearing it for too long. But then I tried to apply that to Breath of the Wild, and I was like, I don't think it would work here. And I understand, especially in gigantic worlds, you want to have periods of ambiance. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to necessarily hear the music all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, it works in games like GTA because you can just change the radio station yep. if you get tired of what you're hearing. You can mute it, listen to something else. Right. Yeah. But not necessarily for games like this. But I think they could have done a little bit more. Okay. Uh, there will be times where you'll just be wandering around for 20 minutes and you'll just hear like three piano yep. notes and that's it. Yep. And it feels a little disappointing. Especially since what music you do hear in the game is pretty damn good. Before I get to that, what I thought they were going to do was take the Animal Crossing approach where, like, you have the 3 a.m. music or the 4 a.m. music where it's not it's not too crazy, but it's just subtle enough where you're hearing, like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, this is this is something chill. And when it hits 8, it, like, you start to ramp up. It picks up. up. Yeah. They, they did that for the town music. Yep. Like, the Rita Village, shout out to uh, Dragon Roost Island. Dragon Island. Island. Oh. First time I heard that, I was like, oh my God, they did it. Yep. I told, like, I, I felt like you at first with the whole music. I was like, oh, I kind of wish there was more music. That was the first, no, that's the second town I went to. And I heard that music. I was like, whatever. Fine. fine. You got, got, Do what you you got want. it. I don't care. This thing could be mute for all I care. <laughs> the, the, they, they have the little touches here and there that reference the old songs. Yeah. Uh, and they, they place them strangely. So if you're on a horse mm-hmm. and you ride on the horse for long enough, you start hearing, depending on if it's night or day, Zelda's lullaby. Yeah. 
or the Hyrule March. Mm -hmm. But these notes are like really spaced out. Yeah, that you have to kind of like mixed into other melodies. Mm -hmm. So you have to be an aficionado to like really. Yeah. Like, oh man. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was that. Thing. Like honestly, going through Hyrule Castle for the first time, I didn't know it was like uh, Zelda's lullaby with um, the Hyrule Castle theme, like mixed together. And Ganon's theme. And Ganon's theme. And I was like, what is this like? Hodgepodge of amazing I'm listening to right this now. So, that song is so good. Do you, there's three different versions of it too. Is there? Yes. There's the the inside parts where it's playing Zelda's lullaby. The outside parts where it's playing. You, you are right. The yes. Hyrule March. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the in combat version. Yes. I, I was in a, a jail cell, I believe, and I no a dining room, and I immediately went outside, and I didn't notice it before then, and then when I went outside, it, the, 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 the music, music got more intense, and I was like. Holy shit. And I just kept going back and forth. And I was like, ah. It's one of the best songs Nintendo's ever made. <laughs> and, part of and, the, and that's saying a lot. Part of the reason I think that, that dungeon is so good is is the music. The music really sets that mood. Yeah. And and, and it feels like a castle. Yes. I, 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 I honestly can't recall the last game I've played where it felt like a castle. Actually, on my second go through when I was looking for shrines and stuff like that, I found that there was a whole docking area. <laughs> I didn't even no know idea. that. And then a jail cell. And I was like, there's a dungeon in here too? I, I, I actually, and then you found the Hillian shield? Yes, I did. And I put it on my wall because I will never use it. <laughs> you can buy another one eh. once you find it. <laughs> I carry it with me, but I never use it. Yeah. Because I don't break shields. It's hard. It's so hard to break shields. Especially you when you learn to how to... bad. Yes. When you learn how to parry is impossible. Yeah. Pretty much. But, um... The... So I, I I consider the Hyrule Castle theme to be a standout track of this game. Mm -hmm. The main theme is very good, also. Yes, very especially the remix that uh, the arranged version they play at the end when you fight Ganon mm -hmm. is is extremely well done. I, I'm glad they took the the musical approach from Skyward Sword because <clears throat> Skyward Sword has a thing where you traverse through the 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 world and the music goes to whatever is happening. It's like dynamic music. Like yes. you get into combat and like the theme changes, you get out of combat, you do something else and I always liked that. I was like I, it's the first time I actually noticed it from Skyward Sword and I was like, "Man, I hope they do this from Ze with Zelda from now on." And it looked like they have. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot smoother transition than it was in the N64 and GameCube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Earlier games. Du, 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 du. Oh, I, was, I was doing the Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the wrong, that's the wrong franchise. So, like I said, mo when the music is there, it's good. Mm -hmm. The But the fact that you need to just kind of sit around in the Temple of Time and time lapse a video to yeah. hear this, the the song of time. Yeah. And it like some of that stuff is, I don't know, I, I don't really like that as much. Okay. You know, it... Just put the song there, you know? Or a lot of the time there's something playing, yeah. but the notes are so spread out yes. that you don't even realize that it's a song. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like, what did I call Mr. Rogers' piano sound. <laughs> just like... Slow down. Nothing is really hitting you as yeah. a song. I, I will always agree to more music, but I think what they did, I, I appreciate. Just personally, I... I Maybe in the future they can go back to the you know blaring trumpets and <laughs> like I said I get it mm -hmm. I, I get it that there there needs to be some ambiance some silence yeah uh, the song doesn't have to play on loop you know it mm -hmm. can go through once and trail off yeah 
then okay, cool. I'm just going to wander around in silence now. Mm-hmm. Or they can have the soft version at night. Or many things, many ways you can do this. The, the night thing. I, I just love traveling around at night, <laughs> especially in towns. Yeah. The Rito Village song is very good. The Zora song in Day uh, feels like a very good callback to the Zora themes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you don't hear it as much at night. Mm-hmm. But the, my, I think my favorite track outside of Hyrule Castle will be the Death Mountain. Even though it's one of those like sp- spread out songs mm-hmm. that you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. But I caught it. And when Just I caught this. it, I was like, oh, this yeah. is so good. Yeah. It's level nine from Zelda 1. <laughs> and it's, yes, I hear you it. You knew what they doing. I hear it. This is great. It, I think that's probably why I, I like what's there because it doesn't fit. It, it's not like another game where they just put some random melodies and stuff like that. It feels like del- very deliberate in what they're trying mm-hmm. to do. Yes. And doesn't feel lazy at all. So I'm like, you know what? These guys know what they're doing. They're doing some callbacks that you got to really know music and Zelda music to really catch it. I was I was just hoping that I could hear more. That's <laughs> yeah, all I wanted. Yeah, no, I just I, wanted more. I absolutely agree. But I mean, it is it is their decision, I suppose. I think one of the, the the standout moments for me was when I was doing one of the um, the Divine Beast, and every time you unlock a terminal in the in the in a specific beast, a new key or uh, tone is added to the overall music. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice it until like my second Divine Beast, and I was like, oh shit, the music is actually changing as I'm you know progressing throughout this dungeon, which I thought was fantastic. And I didn't really notice it at all. <laughs> and that song is pretty good too. Yeah, it is. The, the Divine Beast mm-hmm. songs. I actually like the the, shr- the the shrine music very much. Also, it kind of feels like uh, the Link to the Past Light World Dungeon music. Yeah, a little bit. I actually didn't like um, liking it to that. Yeah, I can see that. It's a little bit like mm-hmm. it. It feels thematically similar. Yeah. All right. So. Touch on the music, touch on the story. Mm-hmm. So, is it time for the actual meat of the game? The actual breath of the game? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what's actually going on in the gameplay of this. The exploration. This world is huge. So, I'm still playing after I, I completed the game. I just hit 140 hours. And there's... So, uh, on my way here, I was like, you know, let me um, go to areas of the map that I haven't really been at or where there's few shrines. There's a section in the north region of the map where it's just complete darkness. And Mm -hmm. this was my first time seeing this 140 hours into this game. There's a nice shrine in there, too. Yes, I I actually got the (laughs) shrine. And I'm like, when will this game stop? (laughs) (laughs) Never. It just keep and I'm 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 doing the same thing because uh, as I said on the podcast before I'm playing on pro mode which like takes away every HUD element except for your hearts, and a lot of times I've just been wandering and just find myself at a location where I'm like okay I don't know where this is pull up the map and just mark it I'm like okay cool enemies are here or you know good ingredients are here or whatever, and I'm going on the map now and I'm like there are so many areas that I've probably been through once or haven't been at at all. At all. <laughs> there is... So there's this this village in the southeast of the map. Uh, Lurland Village. It's like the fishing village. Absolutely nothing important in the game so, goes there. It's I just fun, stumble upon the it's village. Ap- is, 
this game. This is why I'm going to start gushing about this game. Because, let me, spoiler alert. I think this is the greatest open world game that I have ever played before. I have a lot of issues with it. But in terms of exploration, discovery, and adventure, nothing has ever met this game. Maybe for you, Zelda 1, because, you know. I played it when it was fresh. Yes. But for me, this is... this is your Zelda I, one. This is my Zelda one, which sounds crazy. And um, I was actually listening to the music on YouTube while doing some graphic design work. And I looked over and I was like, what song is this? And it said, the the town that you just mentioned. Lurlandville. I haven't even met. You don't even know where it is? Where is that place? And I'm like, I thought it was mistranslated. Like, you know, that's probably a Japanese name for like Kakariko, which I know this isn't the case. But then I was like, no, Kakariko is there. All the villages are there. What is this village <laughs> that I haven't even come across yet? It's there's 140 hours into this game. No importance to this village. What the fuck? And, and it's so cool. It's it's the only village like outside of uh, Tarrytown that you eventually yeah. create yourself. Mm-hmm. That this village is not linked to any storyline. It has a couple of random missions, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, nothing compels you to go there. Obviously, <laughs> if you if you find it cool, yeah, and it's just one of those things that this game does well, where it's it doesn't lead you anywhere, and it just says, you know what, if you want to go west, go west, yeah, just do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not stopping you. Just do what you want, and they they reward you for your exploration. Yes, and it's it's not just simply oh here's fifty rupees, which is actually pretty good, or yeah, here's some bomb arrows, which is actually pretty good. Every arrow and every rupee, which before I'm like, oh, fucking green rupee. Now I'm like, run to it like a hobo. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Especially when you get to that last uh, uh, great fairy. You're like, oh, I've never had that many rupees before. Great. 10,000. 10,000. <laughs> awesome. Now I've got to sell all my diamonds. Which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah, you don't really need it. You, you use it for one thing and I'm like, cool, I got this thing now. The you can also use it to reforge the gear yes. that these uh, champions give you after mm-hmm. you clear their palaces. Which again, I do not use those. Those went in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm oh, sure I'll find better weapons than these, regardless of if I use them or not. Yep. But these are these are like what the champions used, so I'm, I'm going to treat them with respect. Exactly. I'm not using some phone. We're not going to cobbling. Seriously. Are you serious? Except those silver bacoblins, because fuck them. No, they're easy, man. Eh. They they just have a high, you know, HP pool. Yes. Uh, so, since we're in mechanics, let's talk about some of these enemies. They don't really make the enemies uh, hard, I guess you can say. So, the only thing that makes the enemies hard is what weapon they're using. Yes. Um... And as they as they get stronger in color, you have the red, blue, black, and silver varieties for almost every one of the you know main enemy enemies. types. Yes, um, I think their base damage is actually more. So it's the base damage plus the weapon they're holding. But the if, problem with if that it's more is not by much. Yeah, not by much. And the problem with that is the game does a thing where your defense. You subtract the amount they do by the amount of defense you have. Right. So the game is kind of at a, a weird point where it's really hard for it was really hard starting out and for people who aren't gonna upgrade their items 
and then it's incredibly easy for the people that are going to ingrate, uh, upgrade the items. Yeah, that sounds like Zelda to me. <laughs> exactly. But I have never met a Zelda game that mm-hmm. was easy in the beginning. I mean, obviously, when you know how to play, yeah. right? Zelda games are, generally speaking, not hard. Mm-hmm. When you know how to play, these games are not hard at the beginning. Yeah. But when you're first starting to play Zelda games, you have a wooden sword. You have a small shield. Mm-hmm. You have three hearts. Yeah. Anything that hits you is gonna is dangerous. Even in the older games when they didn't take off as much damage as mm-hmm. they do in this game. You get hit by something, it takes off a third of your life. Yeah. You don't have much much leeway. I'd argue that um so this game for me is a lot of uh ignorance is bliss. Because I feel like with that knowledge you gain after you play the game, like if you're going to do a new game plus, the game is like incredibly easy now. So because 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 of the gear per se, because doing a perfect block doesn't mess up your shield. No, it doesn't. your shield is still brand new, and the enemies telegraph their hits in such a way that you you will honestly always do a perfect block. As long as you're aware of the timing, you yes. shouldn't have any issues. This is, Metal Gear Rising. This isn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> so in in that regard, I feel like this game has like two extremes. Like I mentioned it with the Ganon fight, you you're either fighting the four. Uh, the four divine beasts, you know, blights, and then Ganon at full health, or Ganon at fifty percent health. There's kind of no in between, so I, I feel like the game has that problem as well. Maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I do. So after after you find like the second fairy, mm-hmm. and you can put some effort into really upgrading your your gear, yeah, you'll notice that this is where the this is where the danger really ends. Yes. Uh, once you once you get your gear upgraded two levels and you that's, unlock that's, your passives exactly mm-hmm. uh, that most of the challenge in the game is just not really there anymore mm-hmm. because your defense is pretty high yeah uh, just just if you're wearing the the generic knight's armor mm-hmm. which has which the has, highest defense in the game uh, fully upgraded I think is what eighty eighty four it's a lot yeah I, I don't quite remember the numbers yeah. but which as I said before it's they tied with the ancient it, armor yeah they they subtract it with with how much damage uh, a regular monster does and they and the regular monster is using the same weapons that you can find mm-hmm. uh the strongest weapon that I have found personally is a ninety six power one handed weapon okay from a Lionel yeah which I'm never gonna use uh we'll get into that later I uh-huh. guess. <laughs> Uh, and if that hit me from from the max armor that I had, it would probably do about, like, 10 hearts of damage. I mean, that's still pretty significant. Okay. I actually didn't think it would do that much. It's it's still pretty significant. It's a, That's a lot of power. But the thing is, not everybody's walking around with a 96-power yeah, sword. Is, oh, I actually forgot. You just said 96. Yeah. A Lionel hits me now, and it maybe takes out a full heart. There's, there's a silver Lionel in the Colosseum. Yes. Have you fought him? Yes, I have. And... He always comes equipped with a flame sword. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he does no damage. Yeah. Because the flame sword is like 30 damage. <laughs> yep. So what is supposed to be a very intimidating looking fight, and mm-hmm. it is a pretty intimidating looking fight if you find it early. Yes. Which I did find it early. The first time I was like, I am not going to go there. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, a pretty intimidating fight. But once you go back there and you have your gear, he's hitting you for half a heart. Like, no, you don't even have the block or dodge anymore. Yeah, it's just whatever. I'll take the damage. And, I don't even and, care. And that's why I feel like, you know, I guess other Zelda games suffered from this as well. But especially in this game, especially, like, ignorance is bliss because there was a point in the game, probably half, I have 140 hours, maybe like 50 hours of the game, 
I avoided Guardians because I just couldn't get the, the, the time and they would always wreck my shield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know what? Uh, Guardian is over there. I'm going to find a path around them until I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. So I just saved my game, went up to one. And actually, the first time I got it, because I was like, okay, once I see the light, you know, flash, let me do a parry. And after that, they're just, I see, I farm them now. Yep. And same thing with the lionels. Like, I'd see a lionel and I'm like, oh, let me climb this mountain to not, you know, draw his ire. Now I'm like, okay. I mark my map. Lionel here. Lionel here. Lionel here. Every blood move. Go <laughs> Every blood move. Exactly. So it's like, it is awesome that you have that. You know, video games are for you know getting that that yeah, power you feel, fantasy. That game makes you feel like a god when you're powered yeah, up. Yeah, it, it really does. But granted, I have played 140 hours. I can't expect things to still challenge me. It's like okay, I I actively unless I'm farming for something, I don't look for combat anymore because right. I, I feel like it's not fair to the enemies <laughs> there is that you just take uh, this poor piteous lionel <laughs> there is that but it, it kind of goes with the the durability system with the game and right. you, you actually mentioned it earlier with the weapons you have a 96 uh, so let's, savage <laughs> let's talk about this uh let's talk about this durability system so i, I remember when we got the game uh we were pretty much in consensus uh, Joe even picked it up, picked up on it pretty good, where it's, look, if these items don't have some sort of durability to them, what's stopping you from going, uh, right walking to Hyrule, Hyrule Castle, and fucking shit getting up. the best stuff, and basically Did never... Steamrolling the game. Right. Yes. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point while you're playing the game, you have to come to a reckoning of, I have all this good gear... But I'm not using any of it. Yes. And then you have to force yourself to start using it because to, to make the not, not not to make them comment more interesting, but like, why am I a hoarder? Right. Why do you why do you have all these swords and you're never using yes. them? Yes. And then you reach a point after you've reconciled yourself to that and say, okay, I'm just I'm going to use some of the powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you start actually finding really powerful stuff. Really powerful. stuff. And then stuff. you say, I don't actually want to use that until Durability I need to plus? use it. Durability plus. Oh, I really. Uh, 70 attack power. Okay, I'm going to save this for when I really need it. Yeah, but you never really need it. By the time you get it, you never really need it. No. But I have this 96 power (laughs) Savage Lionel sword in my inventory that I've already made my peace with, that Mm -hmm. I will never use this weapon. (laughs) Just put it on the wall. (laughs) I can't. Oh, it has a three. Yes, you're right. (laughs) I don't have space. since I beat the game, uh, I've still been playing it. I put like at least like ten more hours into the game since I finished it, and I've been trying to find or, or figure out a solution. I can't think of one because I don't think the problem is in the du- durability. I think it's more in the fact that your inventory gets upgraded to the level that it gets upgraded at. Because in the beginning of the game, you have what six items you can hold. And that's when the game was fresh and fun. Like, you go into combat. Every every combat scenario, your weapon is breaking. Yep. And you got to pick up a weapon and just... That's when I had the most fun with combat. But, like, early on, I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to keep, you know, having to, like, scrounge through my menu and, like, pick up different items and, like, compare the stats. I'm going to put all my Korok seeds into weapons. It's a smart thing. Yes. 
until you realize that that actually cripples you as a player. <laughs> because I'm playing the game now, and when my weapon breaks, I immediately press left, and I'm like, okay. And I feel like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, uh. I don't know if I should use I don't want to use that. Uh, I don't know when the next time I'm going to need a fire sword. I might need this, like, great axe. Like, uh, this torch. This torch is pretty shitty, but I might need it. Like, you, you keep constantly playing that game of, maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. There's there's a lot of inventory management that, that's going into this, too, mm-hmm. that you you almost don't want to have to deal with it. Yes. Uh, if you break a weapon, then that's either a pause screen or a, a quick submenu mm-hmm. scroll. and Which also pauses the action. And is not very good. No. It's, because I you I have a row of thirty weapons. Please yes. let me see more than six of them at a time. And which which is kind of a bummer because I th- I think you would have solved that problem by being able to cycle back around to the weapons. Oh yeah, that would be good. <laughs> but the fact that like, you reach I the go, end and that's like, it. Well, gotta go back and go through this process again. <laughs> so I just stopped using the quick menu. I would just say, all right, it broke. Pause screen. And you know it, it takes you out of the action. Yeah. And they don't really handle inventory very well in this game Not at, at all. And that's one of my biggest problems with the game. Because I I have 140 hours. I would take a guess that maybe 10 of that is in the menu. I believe it. Absolutely believe it. Yeah. Uh, isn't it refreshing how when you pick up a new item mm-hmm. and you have space, it lets you go into the pause menu? Oh, man. But when you... Open a chest and you don't have space, which is ninety percent of the time, almost all the time. Yes. You can't go into the pause. No, menu. you closes back the thing, the <laughs> chest, and you're like, okay, which one of these thirty weapons do I want to drop? Because I, I obviously had all of them is sparkling still. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The weapon I use the most is actually the master sword. Yeah, because one, it it doesn't break technically; it has a recharge on it ten minutes, but. Here's the thing that's kind of silly with the Master Sword that I don't like. There's no recharge after you use it. Like, even if you use it halfway, you still have to use it all, all the, way the way until it, yep. it, it, it breaks or um, loses its power. Depowers. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this. For every fight I start, Master Sword, until it breaks and then switch into something, something else. else. Because I never want to have a situation where I'm like, okay, cool. All right, Master Sword, one hit, shit. Damn it. When, yep. I, when I actually need in, like, you know, fight, I don't need to fight in a Guardian, but if I'm in a place where it boosts up his power to 60, now I'm like, okay, cool. I have a fully charged Master Sword. And there's also no way to tell how much damage something has taken. Nope. You either know if it's unused mm-hmm. or if it's about to break. Which I think, I think is intentional. I, I, would, I would guess it is intentional. I can't imagine that they would... Forget to put a meter in. Nintendo usually in their game design is smart, and I'm sure they. Somebody said, "Hey, maybe we should add like a a, a meter to see when this is about to break." Because if I recall correctly, I think Skyward Sword has that with the shields. With shields, yes. So I don't see why they wouldn't have it unless they don't want you to hoard your weapons, which you end up doing anyway. Because once I see that sparkle, I'm like. I'm gonna save that. This is not getting used until I need to use it. <laughs> until I need to use it. Uh, you you have less of a problem with this with with bows and shields. Yeah, that's yeah. But 
you you still run into issues with your bows because mm-hmm. you get more than you have, and then you start finding good ones, and then you do I keep this triple shot bow? Or do I do like, like the quick shot? Uh, they both have the same attack power. All right, this wooden one, but I might need it when it fucking yep. Uh, damn it. It, it! I just feel like the system cripples you way too much the further you get in it. Yes. When you first play, it's exciting. You're like, oh, yeah, this is breaking all the time. I'm like fucking MacGyver out here just taking these weapons from these enemies and like making new combinations on, on them. But the lady you go on is like, I'm not. I'm just not going to fight you. The, the, it's, it's ironic because you spend so much time wanting the better weapons. Mm-hmm. But as you get the better weapons, it, it makes things less interesting. Yeah. And you have all of these elemental weapons. Uh, by the way, if you're not using thunder weapons, you're doing it wrong. Oh, this, yo, man. <laughs> the stun damage on these things. Like, they, so don't, they don't hit you. <laughs> Drop all of my weapons. <laughs> God, uh, like, ah. <laughs> you have all these elemental weapons, all these weapons of different types. Mm-hmm. And you just end up not using them. Yeah. Like, you, you reach Everybody reaches this point where they say, screw it. I'm going to use the good stuff. Yeah. And then you use the good stuff, and then you start getting better stuff, mm-hmm. and then you say, "All right, I'll start. I'll this just keep using. I'll just keep using the good stuff." Yeah. I'm so happy when I get like a, a royal sword. I'm like, "Oh, thank God!" That yeah, it's like oh, power. Can, yes, oh. royal sword. That's fifty attack. <laughs> I can use that. That's good. <laughs> Fine with that. A lot of times, I feel like uh, unless I'm farming for something, I'm just gonna skip you. I'm not. I'm just not gonna fight you. Yeah, because it's, it's not worth the effort. A lot of times, and a lot of the times, it really is. If it's a silver monster. And it's just kind of like out and about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it out. Yeah, I will always fight a Lionel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, if absolutely. I see a Lionel, I will. I will Th- always fight. Those fights are actually interesting. Yes, even though the the point of danger and most of them is long since gone at my level. Oh, a long time, especially but, when you when you exploit their terrible. <laughs> 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 but let me tell you, the the one that had that ninety six power weapon was beating the shit out of me, and I was like. Why is this guy doing so much damage? Not for nothing. Uh, going into Storm and Hyrule Castle, like my final time, that Lionel, the I think is the second Lionel you fight at the in the gates. Yeah, he kind of fucked me up. Yeah, only because you had the you had those bubbles coming from the yeah, top. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this there's is so, so many things going on. So so annoying. I got to focus on this Lionel. So I just walked in there and I'm like. All right, let me put this armor stake or whatever so he could hit me for nothing and just shot those things out. And I was like, okay, now you're easy. You're nothing now. Yeah, but some Lionels, some Lionels will fuck you up. The first time you find one. It, it's it's daunting. That, And you know what? I think that what this game does better than most games is that first experience that you have with anything that you do in this game. Every first experience you find is just... Mind-blowing yes. or refreshing yes. or new. Yeah. It, it just... Fe- I know that, you know, uh, Anthony was going through a lot of the Horizon Zero Dawn when he would be encountering, like, the, the storm... Mm-hmm. Stormbird. Bird. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is this thing doing? Yeah. And I feel like that was my encounter with almost the first time I met any enemy yeah. in Zelda. Yeah. Uh, not like the first Bacabla I ran into, but there was... I think like a blue one, which is the next level up yeah. from the generic mm-hmm. red one, just sitting inside of a skull. And then he just walked up to me and I mistimed my jump. Mm-hmm. Hit me once I'm dead from full life. And, and I was like, like what? what the f-? And then you see the black ones and you're like, 
fuck. And the, when I first saw the uh, the black Lazafos, am I saying that correct? Lazafo? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds um, good. <laughs> we'll go with that. And he had a katana blade, and I'm like, this guy is about to fuck my shit up <laughs> right now. Like, and he hit for a lot, and I was like, oh yes, this 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 is the feeling I I I've long since left. <laughs> and they do a very good job of. I mean, the beginning of the game is a little bit tilted against you. Yeah. But as you start getting stuff, they do a good job of introducing new things to keep you challenged. Mm-hmm. And then you reach a point where. There's no way that, that challenge just falls off a cliff. Right. Because that's just the way Zelda games work. That's true. And what what Zelda games do better than most games is they really make you feel that you have grown. Mm-hmm. And there's no better way to tell how much you've grown than landing on a Eventide Island. Yeah. <laughs> because you can go there with max hearts, uh, two and two-fifths stamina mm-hmm. wheels... And you will have nothing. And you're like, oh, I'm back at the beginning levels, huh? Yep. Awesome. And I actually never did Eventide Island. You never did it? No. So I remember I was playing uh, one night. It was pretty late. I had to get ready for work and get ready to go to sleep for work. And there's a shrine right outside of it. And I was like, huh, what is that island over there? Uh, let me just take this raft and go over there. And... The as I got there, it was like, "Hey, all your equipment is gone." And I'm like, oh, "I can't fucking do this right now. This is so good, but I can't do this." And I was like, "All right, let me just save." Can't save. Can't save. Yeah. And I'm like, "I I love what you're doing right now, but I can't do it." And I just like loaded back to auto save and never went back. You should go back. I am absolutely gonna go back, especially considering that you've beaten the game and you have some level of power. Yes. So and I I I want that feeling back. You know, you need to. You need to scavenge for everything that you get, and the best stuff you're going to get is maybe like a 14 power sword. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds amazing to yeah. me. <laughs> and there's mini bosses on the island, <sighs> and, and you you have to use your wits, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to you don't have to go and find your weapon and go and kill it. You yeah. could basically say, well, maybe I'll sneak around it and get what I need to get. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll cause a distraction. There's so many different ways that you can mm-hmm. interact with this scenario. And you could go through it with minimal combat. Yeah. But this this one area of the game, it was just you do it and then you realize how powerful you really become. As a player. Not only as a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you as a player, you're gaining knowledge of the game as you're playing. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize how much the game is buffering you. Yes. Uh, with, the, with the equipment that it's giving you. Yeah. You know, with your with your swords and your shields and your armor. Mm-hmm. And then when you have it all taken away from you and the one red bokoblin that's standing at the beginning <laughs> of it, if it hits you, it's doing like six hearts yeah. of damage. I saw that and I was like, oh, because I did kind of explore just for a little bit because I wanted to see what it was about. And he hit me and I'm like, ooh. Yes. I forgot about this. This is the first enemy that you fought. Yeah. And you're back mm-hmm. fighting it just the same way you were. But now you have hubris. <laughs> you think that you're, you think you're good. Yeah. And you don't realize how much you're being propped up. And mm-hmm. they, they, it's like they did that to just to show you that, you you know, there's no experience points in this game. There's no over, you know, HP, attack, MP, stats yeah. that you see. You don't have these numbers that look bigger and bigger. There's no Disgaea in mm-hmm. this game. But it's still a system where, you're, where your character is growing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Zelda games, it's so gradual, you don't really notice it. You yeah. don't really think anything of it. When you see, like... These Zelda games are 
easier at the end than they are at the beginning is because they're they're propping you up with the stuff that they give you, mm-hmm. but they've never taken it away. They've never metroided yes. you. In the verse. <laughs> well, no, through the game. Right. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> now you get Metroid. I don't even think you can use your Sheikah stuff, right? Your Sheikah slates? Uh, I believe you can. Okay. All right. Because it's it's not a it's not a it's not a shrine, so um, they don't restrict your Sheikah powers. Gotcha. So, you would still have those mm-hmm. if you were to go into. But knowing how restrictive you are, you could always just turn them off to avoid. Using nah, them. I wouldn't do that. No, that's 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 crazy. Those Sheikah powers are good. They're not, very oh, good. Not, I shouldn't say they're not the, Sheikah. Powers. The Guardian powers. Yes, they're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh. When did you when did you wander onto that dark maze? The the um that was north of oh uh, a few hours ago. So Today. you had all of your powers. I had all yes, I had all my powers. Yeah. When so when I went there, I was maybe three shrines in. Mm-hmm. Three uh, shrines, three beasts in. Yeah. What was and the last beast? The last beast was the Death Mountain. Okay proper last beast yes yes mm-hmm. uh so i did that area and it was cool i appreciated it and then i find out chalked this up into another did not know you could do that mm-hmm. that if you are using the the goron's ability goron uh guardian ability mm-hmm. which is basically just block yeah but it lights up yes it does it's basically a torch yes it does i had no freaking clue about that so when i got there uh i did the same thing because i'm like oh shit i just threw away my torch <laughs> crap i don't know what i'm gonna do and it's very dark which I, I i wish the game did more of that it's really dark like the first time you see it is on the salamander for um the death mountain divine beast mm-hmm. where the first when you first enter and the, the gates close it's completely dark and i was like this is really cool and you see yeah. like the lights of the sheikah slate and if you're wearing the power armor you see like a radiant armor. i'm like this is really cool but they as far as I know, they haven't really done it uh, mo- a lot of times. Pretty in the much game. the only other place. So when I get to that island now, I'm like, oh crap, this is really dark. Kind of, kind of annoying dark, but like I, I like the restriction. But then I just press guard because I, I think a keys was flying next to me, and I was like, oh, I could use this as a torch. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, I didn't have it then, and I also. How long did it take you? Just curious. It took me. It took me a little while because I didn't. I lost a torch, okay. like it, it burnt out or broke or something, mm-hmm. and then I had to try to find another torch, but I couldn't. Yeah, and so you I was basically just using like... a fire rod. Ah, yeah. So I had my fire rod out, which gives you like a small aura, kind of. Yeah. But then I would shoot the the fire, and, and then the balls would bounce all Did over you have the place. The meteor rod the or the fire rod? I had the meteor rod. Okay, all right. So you so get the, the three balls. Yeah, it would just bounce all over the place and light all the grass on fire. You could see everything. Yeah, and you're like, okay, cool, cool. Wait, a Hinox is over there. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I also almost accidentally solved it fr- right from the beginning. So once you finish it, mm-hmm. there's like a crack in the wall that you can leave out of. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's a crack in the wall that you can leave out of. It's a very narrow corridor. Uh-huh. And I found that corridor on the other side. So I could have just walked in there, but I didn't. Ooh. I was just like, no, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm going to keep going But this if you way. walk out the crack, will you hit now the, the quicksand? On the outside, you're talking about the outside of that whole area where the Hinox is. There's a, there's like a, I guess you say some castle walls. Okay. That has a little narrow corridor that you could just uh, shimmy through. Okay. And it basically leads you to right next to the shrine. 
Hmm. Well, shit. Yeah, I was <laughs> right there, and I just walked past it, and I realized that as soon as I came out, mm. I was. Kind of, you know what I was kind of hoping though? Once you found the shrine, that the lights, lights would come up. on. I'm glad that it didn't. Yeah, but there's no reason why you would ever go back there. Again. That is true. Because I was like, okay, cool. Now I could explore this area and see at right. the shrine. I was like, okay, cool. Now I could. Oh, oh, it's still dark. Yeah. Guess I'm not coming back here ever again. Ever again. It's <laughs> done. Uh, did you have a favorite shrine that you encountered? So here's my. Again, two extremes. Like, I, I love one aspect of it and I, I don't like another aspect. My favorite shrine, just to answer your question, is. Any of the ones dealing with electricity? <laughs> there are so many ways you can answer those oh, questions. Oh, man. It's like, oh, you have a metal treasure chest? Yoink! And use that as a conduit. You, you want to drop a metal weapon? Yep. Just use that. I, I love... Oh, I, and I didn't get to my first electricity shrine until way later into the game. Like, I, easily over 100 hours. And I was like, oh, shit, we're dealing with electricity now? Because you have a few that deal with uh, fire. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and water sometimes. I'm like, oh, shit, electricity? Every single one I see with electricity, I'm like, this is my favorite. Um, on to the shrines themselves. Uh, what, what's your favorite shrine? Uh, there is this one shrine where you got an ice block, and you had to carry the ice block through all of these flaming passages. Okay. And there was a lot of manipulation to, to yeah. get to where you wanted to go. Uh and Nina was throwing in her ideas, and it, it's just the type of shrine where it's you need to be imaginative to clear it because yes. the the straightforward path is just not going to work. Yes, and it, it really stuck with me, and it's pretty long. Those I really like the long shrines. Those are my favorite shrines, the one that you have to think outside of the box because my problem with the shrines kind of. Uh, Harkens back to uh, Link Between Worlds for the 3DS. The dungeons in those games, like my biggest problem with that game was the dungeons because be, the way the items worked in that game, they had to have a kind of a flat, flat. level of mm-hmm. approach to it because they don't know which area you're gonna uh, uh, approach the. Oh, which time you're gonna approach these dungeons? Right. There's what, a, there's literally anyway. only one dungeon that you can't do first. In yes, that. and with them front loading you with everything you ever need for a dungeon, I was like. Holy shit. I got super excited because I'm like, okay, they're going to fucking just go bananas with these dun- with these shrines. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They didn't. And a lot of them are literally solve this one puzzle and you, you, you're good to go. And I had to actually look this up because I remember back when uh, Mario 3D Land first came out, there was an interview from the game director where he explained like the design... Um, mentality behind, be, behind making a level of Mario and uh, it's called, I had to write it down um, Kisho Ten Ketsu it's a way that Japanese manga are like uh, comics structure for panel comics basically mm-hmm. where they introduce you with the mechanic right they now put Present, it in practice yeah a safe spot a safe spot add a twist to it where you're like okay I didn't actually think of it like that and then you have the conclusion a lot of these dungeons started out with the first step where they introduced it, and some of them kind of had the second step where they where they uh, let you play let you play around with it. But it was never very rarely I ever felt like there was a dungeon where I'm like, okay, I'm going through the motions. Like 
one of the key dungeons I remember because I actually had is the first dungeon I had to walk away from because I was like I don't understand what's going on. Was um, there's one where you have to throw the round bomb into a tube, go on top and throw uh, um, the square bomb on top of it. Yep. You launch the bottom one, and when it's in the air, you switch to the square one, and then you blow up the um, the top. And I was like, that is fuck. I never even thought of that until I did a later dungeon that was actually... Which is called Two Bombs. Yes. And yep. I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, Wait, shit. what? I did not know you can... These bombs are separate from one another. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, I was like, oh, that's how I figure out that. I'm going to go back. <laughs> And it, it bugged, I marked it on my map. I was like, every shrine I do, I stay there until I complete it. And that was the only one I remember walking away from. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do here. So when I now had that knowledge that you could do that with the bombs, I went back and I was like, okay, cool. Boom. Went there, solved it, flew up, and the shrine was right there. Uh, the, 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 the guy that gives you the, uh, yeah. the orb is right there. And I'm like, that was kind of unsatisfying. Like, I'm, I'm glad I went through that journey to now find out what to do. But... There's never a, there's almost never a next step in in the way they teach you these tools. And I figured that I think the Great Plateau is one of the greatest tutorial areas in a single game. Yep. In in the way that it teaches you everything you need to learn about this game and then sets you off. That that's the only really that's the only real part of the game that has like um Gates. that is gated and and even it's and even it's gating is it's weird. It's like you it's can like, you can still approach those four shrines any way you want yes. to. Yes. And when I when I saw that, I was like, oh man. The f- I, I I assumed in my head, this is my own hand cannon, so that's my fault. The further you get out into Hyrule Field or into the world, the harder the shrines will get, and the more that they would interlock a lot of these tools from the Sheikah slates together, because. A lot of times you're using like maybe two. I can't recall a shrine where you ha- like where I had to use three or even four of the powers you get from the Sheikah Slate. Nope. So that that while I love the idea, the the concept of shrines, because before this game, my favorite thing about Zelda's was the puzzles. Like I absolutely love love puzzles, Zelda puzzles more so than story, more so than character. Like it's why I love like. Uh, like the Phoenix Wright games, like even though they don't have gameplay, they have like a kind of logic um, behind it, mm-hmm. how you solve these things. And when I saw that there was 120 of those these puzzles, like I knew there was going to be some stinkers, but there's a lot that's not good. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. there A lot of them are just simple. Yeah. Uh, there, But there are some that are... There, that there are some... Really good. Which, which then further illustrates like, oh, I can't... Why can't half of these be as amazing as like this particular one? And it's the the one thing I, I gave it credit for, I'm still gonna give it credit for, mm-hmm. is none of them ever feel like they're overstaying their welcome. Never. So even the longer ones uh feel engaging as you're doing them. Mm-hmm. And the shorter ones where you're just like, okay, well this is just a mini tutorial mm-hmm. are done before you really yeah. care. The the only ones I that know. are yep. that are long, and you're just like okay, major test of major strength. test of strength, where you basically just say, "I'm gonna put on my guardian armor, eat some bananas, get one of the few guardian weapons I have, and smash this thing, so that it can die as fast as possible." That's every time I see one, my my shoulders just slump. I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing the same exact thing you did. Subscribe. I was like, all right, I'll burn through one of my guardian weapons because I'm gonna get three of theirs. 
And those weapons end up being the strongest stuff you can get with the ancient armor. Yeah. So it's it's worth it in terms mm-hmm. of uh, gameplay and, and trying to min-max your damage. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video and somebody was able to break the damage cap on, a, on an attack. <laughs> really? Yes. Holy shit. And basically it just... The calculated damage just doesn't go above a certain amount. Ah. So it's like Final Fantasy where you you, you hit nine 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 nine. It's not going to go any it's higher. It's more. It could. You, you didn't get the um, the limit break right ability. And there is a there is a way to break that limit too. Okay, but it it's not very intuitive. Mm-hmm. It, it probably involves throwing your weapon away. At the I don't quite remember the video, but yeah. when I watched it, I was like, wow, these guardian weapons do. He was doing like six hundred damage. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I'm going to look crazy. out for that now because every time I see a mate, because I, I still have about 40 shrines. I, I've done 80 so far. So every time I see one that's a major test of strength, I will do that. <laughs> it's it, At least, it, you know, it's getting you some of the strongest weapons in the game. Yeah, yeah. The guardian weapons are a little fragile, but they pay off if you have the ancient armor mm-hmm. leveled up. Which you should. It's, it's kind of useful. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> kind of useful. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of my whole thing with the the shrines because I absolutely next to exploration, they're theoretically my favorite thing about the game. Because every time I see one, I'm like, "Ooh, what's next? What I'm gonna do?" Did you do the one where you had to uh, trigger? You had to trigger a, a a switch which filled up the arena. You swim across, and then there's a barrel that you need to place down on the switch. But the switch is submerged now, so you have to place the barrel on top of the water, swim back, and re-trigger. Yes, yes, I did. So that, that it lands, but then now you have to get back over there, yes. but you can't because... I, I remember that one vividly, too. The The reason I remember that, which is another problem with the, the shrines I have, is because that has a, a optional chest that you have to get to. Mm-hmm. And... You couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I forgot how I, I, I solved it, to be honest with you. I did so many shrines. But I remember like figuring it out. I'm like, oh, what's in this? A fucking ore. Amber. <laughs> opal. I'm like. <sighs> it's funny because as you're. When, when you're starting out mm-hmm. and even toward the end, you can open a chest and that chest will have four arrows in it. You'd be like, oh, thank God. I can survive just one more night. <laughs> but you have these items, which are, they sell for a decent amount, some yeah. of them, like the the precious stones. Yeah. And you're just like, this is not as good. Just give me the rupees. Just give me the, just nothing. I should get nothing of value less than 300 rupees. I have 300 rupees, a diamond or something. Like, there's one I was stuck at for a long time where it's one of the bowling uh, shrines where I couldn't just figure out the trajectory. Right, the angle. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I wasted, I burned through like probably four or five of my weapons. So I had to leave, get a, a sledgehammer and come back. And I'm like, I'm getting this fucking treasure right here. I got the treasure and it was like a, a, a guardian core, which, you know, is oh, yeah, a large agent score. Yeah. Large agent core. I actually feel like I know which one you were doing because... I couldn't get it either. <laughs> I burnt through two hammers. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not using nothing else right now. I'll come back for it. I had to, I, I, that's the only shrine I had to actually go on YouTube and was like, okay, I got to figure out where to put this ball because the, the area where the ball starts is it's not, not the good. Area. No. You got to kind of go back and then hit it with like all your might. Yep. Even then, it took a long time. 
I've, I figured it out without having to do that, okay. but I didn't get it on my first try. Yeah. I had to come back. Yeah, that took me a while, and I was kind of bummed out about the treasure, which a lot of times, like, I'm glad they, they ask of you more to, like, you know, figure out these these puzzles, but then the rewards are like, uh, okay. And, and the large agent core is actually a pretty good reward because you, at, at the time, I was disappointed. Don't have, yes. If you don't have ancient armor, that's really useful. Yeah. At the time, I was disappointed, but, like, I was like, oh, another like ore or stone great <laughs> all right so what about the actual quote-unquote temples so the guardian beasts of this game so i have two answers for this my favorite or uh, just how what i think about them all right let's hear your favorite one uh my favorite quote-unquote temple it's maybe it's maybe the rito the wind one yeah there, there was a lot of it wasn't it wasn't mechanically interesting, like as as much as the um, the Gerudo one, because that mm-hmm. one took me actually a pretty long time to complete, and it's it's so simple. But I, I guess I'm taking it as a whole, like the whole like bombastic nature of how you enter it, and then like what's going on inside of it. I'm like, okay, this this was probably my favorite. All right. But what about you? Uh, I like the Zoro one. Okay. The... That was that your first one. No, my first one was the Gerudo one. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, you, you just pick a direction and go, right? That's a bad direction to go for the first time. Holy shit. But it did get me the most useful ability. You are right. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me. Yeah. So I I was just like, well, I wasn't trying to follow. Yeah. I mean, you, you turned off all of your, your mm-hmm. HUD stuff. I didn't turn off my HUD stuff, but mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily... Turn on the marker for main quest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm more turning off because I just think that world looks very amazing, and I don't want the the HUD. Ele- There's a lot of HUD elements that aren't very important. The 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 guardian abilities are pretty important to have on your HUD. No, not really. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> I, I like I like being able to know when I when they're up and when they're ready. I nothing ever challenges me where I need to know when I can use Mifa's grace again. No, but I definitely want to know when I can use uh, the Rito hyper jump ability. Well, to be fair, there are very good telltales of how to use it. Like, you won't crouch unless you are able to use it. Yeah, but you know, I can just easily see that, <laughs> that and not waste fair. my time. Uh, so, yes, I, I ended up going to the Gerudo one first. And that area, mind you, this is the first one I'm going to. Yeah. So I don't have ice items. Uh I, I don't I only have a warming tunic and Oof. a couple of random knickknacks that I picked up yeah. like a, a random hood from one of the stores. Yeah. Uh, so I go in there and I'm, this is it's a desert so it's kind of hot. Not for nothing. That is a uh, even I when I went there it was my third uh, guardian beast that divine beast that I uh, end up conquering. Even at that point of the game, it was still a little difficult. Yeah. Nighttime is cold. Daytime Nighttime is extremely freezing. Uh, then I had to f- struggle with that and go ahead and find my cross-dressing friend so I can get some nice Gerudo armor. Which is awesome. <laughs> I really like that they did that. That guy has this beard <laughs> the wind behind blew. his veil. <laughs> uh, and... And then I I was starting to get close to it, and then I gave the controller over to Nina, mm-hmm. and she actually finished the dungeon. Okay, up to the boss, and she was like, "I don't quite get." 
how to interact with the boss. I didn't get it. Uh, and then I took over and game overed once. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I understand what I need to do, but I just can't quick quite aim it right. Yeah, yeah. So he drops these pillars on the ground. Yes. And then you're supposed to magnesis the pillars to him uh, before he strikes it with lightning. Which is, the, the window for that is very small. It's pretty small. Yeah. And if, you, if you're just hanging around holding one pillar, hoping that he'll eventually call lightning, he'll just come down and like hit you or yeah. something and mess up your, your stuff. Yeah. So you, you have to just, you have to grasp what it's asking you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this game doesn't have a Navi or anything to tell hey. you that. But the people kind, inside yeah. of the the <laughs> guardians inside of the beasts are mm-hmm. talking to you a lot during which, these fights, which I didn't know was a thing until the last guardian beast, um, the one on Death Mountain, because mm-hmm. that was another one I took a long time to figure out. Honestly, that's when he's throw, uh, he he sucks up. He's like, oh he right, yes. Up, and I was like, I don't know what I'm the hell am I supposed to do. <laughs> so I was like. Oh, is this kind of a fake Ganon fight where I have to throw back the um the lightning energy? I was like, oh, let me just throw a bomb. Let me see how this works. And it worked. It worked. I was yep. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Nino was like, I think you should try throwing a bomb. Yeah. Like, All right, fine. Throw a bomb. Yep, you're right. You got it. <laughs> uh. So that I didn't actually get to play that dungeon, mm-hmm. so I don't know what it is, and that's one of the reasons I started a new game. Yeah. Uh, pretty much as soon as I beat. Uh, Ganon, is that I wanted to go and experience what this dungeon was. So we ended up splitting the dungeons two and two. Yeah. So I I got the Death Mountain and uh, Zora. Okay. And she got Rito and Gerudo. Oh, okay. But boy, I <laughs> once once I saw the other ones I played, she so when she was like telling me all this stuff. While she was playing it, I was falling asleep. Yeah. I, it was, we've been playing it all day, <laughs> and it was like maybe 3 a.m. Yeah. Or something. I was, I was done. Yeah. So I'm on the couch, and I'm falling asleep, and I'm just getting these random glimpses and this map of a giant whatever it was. I don't even remember now. A camel or something. It was a camel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just map of a giant camel and all these random pressure points on mm-hmm. it. I can't make out anything. I'm just too zonked out. Yeah. So when I when she tells me about it, it's like you're manipulating parts of the dungeon by moving these the stomach, things. And I'm, yeah, the fuck. Like, All right, let's let's find the next one. Mm-hmm. So I end up at the I end up at the Zora one next, and I I do that, and that dungeon is dirt easy. And I was like, it is the the game. Even though it doesn't send you in a direction, that's the direction it, it, you it, should go. Yes. <laughs> It gets you the ability that helps you the most when you're inexperienced. Yes. Which, you know what? Um, that has maybe, well, mechanically, maybe my favorite way to get into a dungeon. Because you, you now have a quest to get uh, lightning arrows to mm-hmm. now shock the, the, the areas on the, the beast. And who's guarding the lightning arrows? A Lionel, huh. of course. So they were like, hey, um, there's some Lionels up. Uh, there is a Lionel up there. A. Singular. <laughs> that you should get these lightning arrows from. And I'm like, ooh. I was like, fuck, I'm going to fight this Lionel. Stood by. I think it starts you up like you behind a rock. And for some reason, he smelled my fear. And came <laughs> over and was like, hey. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and he just fucked my shit up. And I'm like, okay. I'm not going to fight him. Because I don't have the knowledge to fight him right now. Like. Once I see him strike, like a swing, I'm like, 
that's going to kill me. I'm not thinking about dodging it. I'm not thinking about doing anything. <laughs> you I'm, just, like, I'm dead. frozen? I'm dead. So load it back up and go through it, collect the arrows, and just jump off the cliff. <laughs> I prefer this way of dying <laughs> to the way you were going to kill me. And I was like, that would... All the all the ways to get into the the divine beast are great, mm-hmm. like extremely awesome. And you asked me earlier, what's my favorite uh, dungeon? So I have a weird answer for that. Uh, I, I see a lot of people like uh, saying that the game has like a, too few dungeons, like you know, like kind of like Wind Waker. Wind Waker had four dungeons. Yeah, Wind Waker like or Minish Cap only. Yeah, had. like had very small amount of dungeons. I actually look at it in another way. I think each region itself is a dungeon. Yeah. And what you do to get to the tower, to meet the person that's, you know, in trouble in the local area, to now, you know, help them out with their side quest and then finally get the... The Divine Beast is like the final puzzle of that whole, like, you know, region. Right. So when I say like... When, when I hear people say, ah, oh, the game has too few and easy dungeons, I'm like... Yes, if you look at it that way, but I, I, every region is so brimming with content and, and actually like very, like the sand region, for example, it's very difficult to navigate when you do not know what to do. Like there's sandstorms, there are, there's sandstorms where you will be completely lost. And if you're not prepared out there, like that, that's the time in the game where I found cooking most useful because I'm like, okay, I got to have this flint and this fucking <laughs> wood and I need to make some shit right now because I'm getting wrecked. And I didn't even go to it from the, the outset. So I couldn't even imagine how that felt. And, and let me tell you, I hadn't I hadn't discovered the value of cooking at that time. Yeah. Uh, how utterly broken cooking is. Oh, man. Yeah. So that it was not easy. Mm-hmm. That area was not easy. And I, judging from what you said, it probably wouldn't have been easy regardless of... It would have been easier. It, it easier, but it's still it's still challenging. Yeah, it would have, it would have still been yeah. challenging. And you could tell that that's meant to be a the third or fourth dungeon. Definitely. Definitely. Es- especially with the reward that it gives you, yeah. which trivializes <laughs> combat. any combat that you are yep. in. So that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know if I like it or not, <laughs> but the boss game overed me, and I did not appreciate that. Um, he is my favorite boss in the game. He okay. was the most interesting, and I say that with the I say that saying like with the idea that I think um, the game has poor bosses. Yes, I think I every agree. boss in the game is every terrible to dungeon boss. Yes, is, the world um, bosses are right. Yeah, they're fine. Even though Lionels, I don't know why they don't have any... Um, they feel like they should have like a, a big bar I, across the screen. I, I, I don't know. They, they really should. Like every, you, you're not fighting a Lionel with like anything else outside of maybe, okay, it's nighttime yeah. and some Stalfos has popped up. Yeah. But it's always in an area where it's like, I'm, big, by, I'm by myself. gigantic arena area yeah. and there's so nothing. Like and it just sees you across the grassy mm-hmm. knoll and you're like, I'm fucked. <laughs> You can walk away me. a lot of times and like Yeah, he'll let you walk yeah, away. Yeah, he's like I don't want to fuck. It he he's as you are late game. Yes. <laughs> he's like I've done a lot of shit. I got a lot of strong stuff. I'm going to let you just walk away. Like, you pull out your sword, we're going to fight. Don't be dumb. <laughs> don't make the, don't make the wrong decision. The I know the 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 one in the water temple. I was going to call it the water temple. It's yeah, fine. The 
<laughs> the one in the in the Zora Divine Beast, mm-hmm. I may be killed in about one minute because I had just gotten the Master Sword. So, so I, I also went through the the Gerudo one without the Master Sword. <laughs> so I had just gotten the Master Sword, and he instantaneously, I dodged one attack, yeah. flurried him to death. That's it. Dodged his second ha- attack, ha- flurried him to death. Yep. So I, I don't know what your favorite moment is, but speaking of the Master Sword, I will never forget this as long as I live. Uh as I said before, I'm playing the game without any map, any guidance, or anything like that. Right. So I just happened upon the Lost Woods. So I was like, this is going to be interesting. Let's see how this goes. And I'm going to it. I've played enough Zelda. I know what's going to be at the end of it. Like, I'm not stupid. But go through the Lost Woods. Like, it's it's challenging enough. Like, I, I've restarted a few times. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. I won't go that way. Won't go this way. Blah, blah. Finally get to uh, the Deku Tree, and I see the Master Sword there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking taking a mask. So I put on my my main character grab. The, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna wear this green color. I'm gonna color. wear this shit. And the Neku Tree is like, whoa, hold, hold the on, fuck on. <laughs> chill, kid. I don't think you're strong enough. I'm like, Neku Tree, shut the fuck up. And he's like, you need a certain amount of hearts, and not this. I forgot the word he used, but he's like, uh, not some show off hearts or some yeah, shit. Don't like worry that. about them gold shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck them armor None hearts. None of them fake gold For hearts. Your, your true heart. And I'm like. I got this kid. Shut up. So I pull it, and he's like, and I'm like, he stops me like right before, and I'm like, fuck. He's like, listen, I could have let you go go more, but you're gonna die. Yeah. Did you try to do it again? Yes, and I died. And you died. He warned me. (laughs) The Deku Tree is all knowing and all powerful, and he warned me, and I died. I was silly. So I'm like, oh man, okay, shit. How much hearts? I was very close to pulling it out, so I'm like. I gather maybe one more two hearts max. So I'm like, I, I could I could probably do this, and I'm like, okay, how much um or because I I sometimes stockpile um orbs so I could just like get like two hearts or like two stamina <clears throat> gauges at a, a specific time. I was like, okay, all right, how much orbs do I have? None. Great. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you have to go through shrine challenges across the across the, 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 the lost woods mm-hmm. and. There's four shrines there. Convenient. So convenient. And do the four shrines, get the uh, get the orb, get a, another piece of heart. And I'm like, can I do this? Can I do this? I think I might need to. Ugh. All right. Put back on my, <laughs> my, my garb. And I pull it. And right when it was at the quarter of the final heart, I got the master sword. Yep. And I was like, that couldn't have gone any more perfect. Needs a... Uh... 13 hearts, and you will be left with one quarter heart one left. One quarter. I had 12 hearts prior. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way that could have gone as perfect as it went. And that's my favorite moment of that whole game. <laughs> it was a lot different for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I got there with about uh, eight hearts. Oh. And two stamina upgrades. Yeah. And then I was like, I really want this sword. <laughs> So I'm just going to go and search for a few more. Mm-hmm. And then Nina finds this guy in Kak... Not Kakariko, uh, Hateno Village. Okay. Who basically lets you respec. So hmm. did you meet this guy? No, I didn't. It's a statue. It's like a corrupted goddess statue. Oh, wow. And you can... He will 
when the first time you talk to him, he will just steal one of your hearts. Get out of here. And then you can talk to him and you'd be like and you can be like, give it back. And he was like, Okay, fine. But listen, this is what I do for you. If you're interested in this, you can sell me a heart container or a stamina vessel for uh-huh. one hundred rupees. And then you can buy back a heart vessel, a heart container or a stamina vessel for one hundred and twenty rupees. What? So you can go there and say, <laughs> I don't need this heart container and give it to him. And then you can go and talk to him and say, do you want it back? And you say, yes. And he's like, do you want a heart container or a stamina vessel? Get out of here. Yeah. So I you can can't... just switch between them as long. It's 20, it's 20 rupees per. So as long as you have enough rupees, you can just totally respect. Really? 20 rupees? Yeah. He gives he I'm, gives you one hundred. I'm, I'm buying. <laughs> I'm, I'm whoring myself out to these great fairies for way more than that. <laughs> so she finds him, and I say, so I can take those two stamina vessels and uh-huh. turn them into hearts. So I only really need to get another like eight shrines. Yeah. So I do that, and I was like, okay, cool. I got the master sword. <laughs> and then I got the master. Sword. Now give me back my stamina. What? Holy crap! In Kakariko Village? Uh, Hateno Village. Oh, Hateno. Okay. Where the hell is I, I can't even think where that would be. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and it's, it's in the village, too. What? Like, one of the kids will take you to it. Oh, what the? F- He'll be like, mister, come check this out. This is a weird statue. What the fuck? What number are we at that? Oh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> infinite. <laughs> I, and we haven't even talked about the little mechanical quirks of the game where it lets you do things like put octoballoons on a raft mm-hmm. and turn it into an airship. Yeah, or the minecart using the uh, the the magnet. I had no idea you could. Do- I'm like, what? <laughs> None whatsoever. What are people do? I, I'm not a I'm not a big speedrun guy. Like I I think some of them are pretty interesting, especially the ones the the games I play like that used to destroy me when I was a kid. But um, I every time I see a new speedrun in this game, I just save it until a later date because I cannot wait to watch them. I remember when, you know, the game came out and obviously, you know, most speedrunners know the game that they're playing yeah. before they're trying to speedrun it. Mm-hmm. But there was a hype about this game because the the developers said, hey, if Ganon's you- over there. If you want to fight him, feel free. Not even that. The, the, the first... And as soon as you go and do your tutorial, yep. old man goes... Mm. Castle, get <laughs> swirly, yep. evil. <laughs> All right, I'm going there, and you check your main objectives. First objective you get: defeat Ganon. Defeat Ganon. Oh, <laughs> here's a ping on the map, and just in case you can't figure it out. Yep. And it was about an hour and thirty minutes the first time it was yeah. done, mm-hmm. and that time is about at forty minutes now. Insane. Forty minutes, mind you. The world record run for Zelda 1 is about 28 minutes on the high end of 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like 28, 50-ish. Zelda 1. I think people are going to knock this down. It's, this to is there. To the, the, at, least, at least 30 minutes. The, like, uh, the only problem with the game, with, with the, the speedrun, is that you have to fight That's the problem. 80 forms of cannon. <laughs> it's like 11... Uh, that takes a little while. It's like 12 different phases. Like It's, it's a lot. Not... I kind of think, unless you're going to glitch out that fight, I kind of don't think you should count that. I know it has to. You have to. I know it has to, but that's such a large portion of that speed run. I think it's probably half the speed run or quarter. 
it's a, it, between the between the the intro plateau and the Ganon fight. There's really not much to it. Yeah, you're riding a horse for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. So it's it's an interesting speed run to watch yeah. just for the fact that you know there's not a lot of advanced techniques yet because the game's only been out for a month and a half or two yeah. months. So there aren't too many things that are going on where it's. You know, they're really glitching out the game. But it's still a cool watch. Yeah. I'll admit it. After I beat the game, the first thing I did was watch <laughs> a speed run to see what exactly happens when you do that. Because I didn't figure it'd be the same way that when I fought Ganon. When I fought Ganon, I had four Divine Beasts mm-hmm. shoot the hell out of him before yeah. the fight started. Fucking nuke him. Uh, that, that moment is really cool, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> they're like, everybody, Go! Because they've just been standing up on their little for ledges for pretty and 100 long. hundred plus years. <laughs> it's like, shit, it's now we got to wait even it. longer as I'm fucking catching horses and picking flowers. Yeah, you have no urgency. <laughs> Thanks. Thank- Hyrule is being perfectly fine while you have no urgency. Hyrule has been fine <laughs> as I was dead, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. Are, any, are there any strange uh, occurrences that stand out while you were playing in terms of things that obviously half of this has been things that we didn't expect while yeah. we were playing but anything that we haven't mentioned that you that called out as, as a strange occurrence or something that you really didn't expect uh so went to this game almost completely blind other than watching the the trailers that nintendo put out i didn't want to know anything about it so i remember i forgot which region i was <clears throat> but i remember like maybe uh farron woods I remember walking around and seeing a shadow on the floor. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's moving. So I'm like, that's not a shadow of a tree or anything like that. So I I panned the camera up and it's a dragon just flying. (laughs) What? Random gigantic dragon. Fuck is that? (laughs) So I was way too far. I was, there was no way I could have like even pinged it on the map. So I'm like, for like hours, it was like, what the fuck is this dragon? I didn't want to look it up. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is this dragon? And I think it was red. So I remember going into other area. I totally forgot about it. I think it's crossing um, Lake Hillier. Mm-hmm. And another dragon just comes out the water. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> it's the only thing I can't. I don't think I could talk to you. I can't do anything else. I'm going to shoot you. And shot him. He shocked the shit out of me. <laughs> Made me lose my uh, shield and sword into the water. Into the lake. I'm like, and you'll never find it again at this point. Uh, which made me very scared of him because I'm like, if that happens to the Master Sword, what happens? Nothing. Oh, he, it doesn't. You can't drop it. Oh, you can't drop the Master Sword. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so now I'm gonna fucking shoot up. <laughs> but I remember seeing that out being like, there are a lot of moments that really wowed me. Nothing as like mystical as a dragon. Like sometimes I'm just walking across a field after it finished raining and like the sun hits it right, and I'm like, this game is beautiful yes like absolutely beautiful like small moments like that i'm like i take screenshots of it and i'm like i we we, we're we're in a era where you know 4k consoles are coming out and like you you put a certain amount of p's after the end of a number (laughs) and it's like yeah we got this This is great and you have this game you have this game that's has like almost no technical chops to it. It's, it's very beautiful, but it's very simplistic a lot of the times. Like the texture work isn't very good. Like the draw distance sometimes just pop in as you're flying, and mm-hmm. but it's still breathtaking a lot of the times. 
you have a good game with good art direction that that stands up a lot of the times. And that's that's Nintendo's thing. Yeah, is the art direction is they pride themselves on good art direction and the fact that the art direction will carry them further than any technical graphics. Yes, and they're generally correct. Yeah, look look at Wind Waker. Wind Waker still looks good. Yeah, and I mean. You you could say what you want about the art style, yeah. which but, is fine. Which I, it's art is subjective, right? Uh, but when you look at a game like Final Fantasy VII, the game looks like trash. At the time, it at the time it looked good. Uh, I'd argue it still looked like trash at the time. I wasn't a fan of the graphics, yeah, because I just liked sprite work. Mm-hmm. But the the technical level of what they had done in Final Fantasy VII at that impressive. time was yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Aged like dirt, especially considering <laughs> that Final Fantasy VIII is still looks fairly decent yeah. now. Yeah, and that game stomped the hell out of Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. in terms of graphics. Yeah. But then you go back to something like Final Fantasy VI, where Final Fantasy VI to me still looks it's really timeless. good. Yeah, and Nintendo has found a way to make 3D games that have that timeless 2D look. Yes, where almost nobody else can do it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else wants to have polygon count. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and Nintendo's like, no man, just, just have good art. Good art is better than anything. And uh, we've said it before on on episodes where we're talking about the future of consoles and stuff. Mm-hmm. This art is basic. Art is basically the future of consoles in terms of what we can't tell the. You can't put me in a room. Me as somebody who plays games all the time, mm-hmm. you cannot put me in a room and show me a game and turn off the HUD of the game. And say and ask me which one is 720 and which one's 1080. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to tell you. I can't tell you. Yeah. The only way I can tell you is if I saw the HUD. Yeah. At we're, we're ruining that. Now we're gonna get this for, the 4K, and I guarantee you, the vast majority of people who are playing, they just won't notice. That's true. They just won't notice. But what they will notice is, does this game look stunning? Yeah. And Nintendo can make their games look stunning mm-hmm. and. They don't have to bow down to any technological masters about it. And, you know, not for nothing. Like, the Switch is not a terrible technical system. I, I think I think this game is actually very technically impressive as well. Like, yes. Being on the train and climbing up Death Mountain and seeing and, and being at the top and just overlooking how vast this entire world is. You're like, how do they do this? How? Like, and the game is like... The game is not like you know Horizon like level of image quality, but the game is no slouch in how it looks. As long as you're not, as long as you treat it like the Monet painting that it is. <laughs> that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, don't don't stand too close to walls and hope to <laughs> hope to think that the graphics are amazing. Mm-hmm. But they they do they work with what they have very well. Yeah. We, we can't forget this game is also on the Wii U, so mm-hmm. there's some things that had to be sacrificed. Uh, when you're having a cross-generational game. Which, you know what? Uh, speaking back on the Wii U, uh, kind of totally unrelated uh, going to his uh, mechanics, but I feel like a lot of the UI would have been solved if it was... If it if was it, on the Wii U. Just the Wii U. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can you can tell that there was... That things had to change. Yeah. For the Switch. They, they wanted parity between the two. The... There is no way inventory was going to work the way it works on this now if this game was solely for the Absolutely Wii U. Absolutely not. And this, and the worst part is that the Wii U version works the same way as this. So yep. it's not like it's enjoying the life on the Wii yeah. U, where you could because say, you know what, people didn't want they didn't want people to say the Wii U was the definitive version. They already had that problem. Yeah. With uh, 
with Twilight Princess. Yep. So it's like, no, we're gonna have parody because I haven't played uh, Twilight Princess HD on the on the Wii, but in Wind Waker, all your item management is done through the gamepad, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's very good. Yeah, and I, I it's assume, the same thing with Twilight yeah, Princess. And it's like, man, this this saves a lot of time. A lot of time. Oh yeah. So like going through the whole menu now and it's like. I have so many materials that I'm just scrolling through shit. <laughs> it's it's forever. What the fuck? It's like six pages. There's so much. There's so and <laughs> and it's not like they put a cap on it because the only thing that you have a cap on in your inventory Meals. are your food and your equipment. Yes. Uh, your equipment as well? Not oh, even the, not your uh, armor, yeah, but okay, your, okay. your Got you. shields, swords and bows. And when you reach the that page of raw materials, mm-hmm. and it's one box on your on your quick menu, mm-hmm. but you look under it's like six little dots, six little dots, and each of those dots is a page. Yep. And you kind of have to like finagle it away where if you want to get to the armor or all the meals, you're like, okay, I uh, uh, overshot it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you just hold down the direction, and just say. All right, I'm just gonna go to my weapons and then mm-hmm. find what I need to find from there. Yeah, <laughs> or go or go to the end of the meals and find what I need to find from there. Mm. Like, oh, the key items. And inventory system's a mess. It's bad. It's a mess. It's bad. So, uh, I I believe I've gone on on record of saying I think this is possibly the the best Zelda game that's been made. Uh, and on our one of our episodes, I said this is probably an instant classic. Yeah. And I threw around saying, you know, I, I gave this example of I was in college in the in our gaming club that I was president of. Mm-hmm. Might not have been president at the time. And we were talking about Castlevania Symphony of Night. And you know what? Fine. One of our one of our guys, the, the guy who set us up on Maglomaniac.com, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. huge Castlevania fan. And I mean, that's not saying much. A lot of people are huge Castlevania fans, especially and, Symphony of the Night. And yeah, and he said that the game is classic. And I'm I'm in college in two the the mid two thousands, early two thousands, mid two thousands. And I'm like, how could you call this game a classic? It just came out in ninety seven. Like, yeah, this this game's not even old enough to be a classic. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like yeah. I, I, at that time, I, I, I would have struggled to tell you a Super Nintendo game was a classic in the PS2 era. Hmm. I would have struggled to do that. Mm-hmm. And you, you look back at it, and you, you, you almost feel dumb. Of course, Castlevania Symphony Night is a classic. Yeah. But at the time. But at the time, you're like, this, this game's too new to be yeah. a classic. This, Zelda: Breath of the Wild is a classic. Unmitigated I classic. I, I literally cannot think of a way to, to, to. To put it, this game is a classic. Mm-hmm. There, when we when we were talking about Final Fantasy fifteen, we were saying this is going to be somebody's first Final Fantasy mm-hmm. game, and this game is going to breed expectations of where this where the franchise is going to go. Yes, this is this the is literal same thing for Zelda. Absolutely, there's going to be some kid who plays this as his first Zelda game, or hers first Zelda game, mm-hmm. and they're going to understand that this is what Zelda is. Yeah, the same way when I played Zelda one, I understood this is what Zelda mm-hmm. is. And as I went along, I saw how it changed into something that I didn't think Zelda was anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to make that mistake again. No. 
they're they've actually gone on record. I think Aonuma, uh, Miyamoto. I don't remember exactly <clears throat> what it like. This is the Zelda formula from now on. And I, I don't think that's a mistake. No, at all. I mean, they're they're gonna have to find ways to make things fresh because. I think maybe as a as a gaming culture, mm-hmm. we were going to start suffering from open world itis real soon. If we haven't already, I know I felt it. I felt it, it, it which is so crazy. How I I've been how I gravitate towards games so much because like honestly, I, I I don't like open world games. I like my linear like me not meaty but like kind of the the fattest like trimmed off. Like okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Play this for like six hours, beat it, ten hours, whatever. But this game, so, <clears throat> it something just, about it. it, it just brings you in, mm-hmm. in like I have to literally stop myself from playing. Yeah, like pull myself away. And I said uh, on the previous podcast that uh, Zelda had. I said Zelda. Uh, Nintendo has their important games. Mario One. Yep, is an important game. Super Mario sixty four, Ocarina of Time. Those three games did something that that changed so dramatically in gaming that everybody just tried to ape it. The paradigm shift. Yeah. This game is that. I agree. I think people will now look at this game and reevaluate how they do their open world games. We, we don't need one NPC cut and paste throughout the entire kingdom a la Skyrim. There is... Ev- mm- there are, every NPC in this game is named. Yes. Is a, a specific entity in this game, and I'm like unique. Everyone, there's everyone, no palace guard, no. and everybody's worth talking to because everybody has a, a personality. Everybody has something interesting to say. And how do they do that? There's a whole town I haven't even met you yet. Still don't know where the town is. <laughs> and I think I don't enjoy Ubisoft open world games because once you go into the game, as much as I love like Assassin's Creed 2. Like as much as soon as you go into the game, you look at the map and you're like, "Oh my God, you're overwhelmed by it's the, just icons just, I, like, all over the place." Okay, I'm gonna collect the feathers. I'm gonna do uh, so much things. This game did a very smart thing where there's no fucking icons. You make your icons. What's important to you? That shrine over there, boom, knock it up. You want to fight a lino? All right, this is its breeding ground. Mark it here. Like you're in direction of making the map. Right. Which is the icons are formed after you. Have the experience, yes. not before. Yes. And that is so incredibly important to how you traverse the world and how you think about the world. Because now you're making a world that is dictated to what you want as opposed to the other way around. So never more did I feel that when, except when I was the last shr- the last tower I needed to find. Mm-hmm. The last Assassin's Creed tower <laughs> that I needed to find in Zelda. Was the one on Death Mountain, and I could I could spot that tower from one of three spots, mm-hmm. and I could not figure out the best way to go yeah. about trying to f- actually get there. Mm-hmm. Until one day I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. I just pick a tower that looks the closest, and I'm just gonna fly and try to get there." Mm-hmm. Until I started burning to death. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it turns out there is a nice, convenient way that you can go. Mm-hmm. But you need to find that yeah. convenient way. It doesn't stop you if you say, hey, I want to burn on the lava-filled mountain. Mm-hmm. If that's how you want to get there, by all means, you can yeah. get there. And I ate a lot of food getting there. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of food. 
but but there is a way that you could just walk up in, in, in through a safe area that's mm-hmm. not hyper mega temperature and yeah. have that grade levels and grade know, level two get there. You might burn here. <laughs> and if if I just saw there was a, an icon on the map telling me go here, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have meant as much. Yeah. But the idea was I didn't know where to approach this from. Mm-hmm. I could see the tower. And, and and that's why I think, and sorry to cut you off, that's why I think the Great Plateau is such a incredible, incredible tutorial. Because mm-hmm. when you activate that first shrine, it does a cut for every shrine. Yep. In, you see all of it. And you're like, how the fuck? I'm going to go to that snowy field. And and when you're standing there, you can see most you can of see them. All, yeah. There's like maybe two or three that you can't yeah. see from the Great Plateau. I just think about the Great Plateau, like, in hindsight, because when you first started, you're like, man, this area is really big. And then, like, you open up the map and it's like, this is zoom ah, out. this, this. Zoom out. Yeah. Enhance. Keep I going. Actually, <laughs> and now when I play the game, I actually have to zoom in to see where the Great Plateau even is. But at, no idea. At the first time, at first I was like, man, this area is so big. Wow. And now it's like, it's so small. It, it's, it's like it didn't even exist. Yeah. You you know one thing that I wish the map did was that I wish it showed you the borders of the regions. Yeah. Because these things blend together now. and Oh, you mean like that? I thought you meant like the invisible walls. Like when you're in the uh, Gerudo Desert, you just <laughs> literally no, no, hit no, no, an invisible no. wall. Just on, just on the map where like the Heber region, uh-huh. uh, which is the, the snowy, icy, yeah. snowy mm-hmm. area. You don't know where that begins and where the... Very true, yeah. Where the gor the, the, the Gerudo the Gordo, area yeah. and these are you right here is your snow <laughs> area here is your <laughs> desert des- desert valley area yeah and you don't know where this begins and where this ends mm-hmm. and not that it's necessary for any type of gameplay mm-hmm. but I would just like to see it still because you saw it when you started the game yeah and as you fill in the map the those borders disappear and they you really lose do. that unless it's like an extreme weather condition and you see like the the change in the right. the actual the HUD. You're like, oh, okay, well, shit. Uh, you you just remind me of the Hebrew area because the way I, you know, separate the two is there's the Gerudo sand area, the Hebrew area, and in between is the Yiga clan. So you just remind me about them. Yep. What do you think about them? <laughs> uh, Team Skull. <laughs> yeah, right? This, <laughs> when you fight, uh, I think it's Master Koga, and I'm like... You came out of Pokemon Sun and, and or Moon, huh? <laughs> You're ridiculous. Hey, I just kind of wish there were more of them. They, uh, other than you know they they fucking you up on the on the world map. It's yeah the and this is the, to the failing of the game mm-hmm. and the lack of the story is that you have some of these minor characters or in this case a, an entire minor village. Yeah, that is left. A second minor village that is left <laughs> totally without any type of characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that the Yiga clan, if you're paying attention to what's being told to you, yeah. are a split off of the Sheikah. Sheikah, yeah. Uh, but outside of that... Why? Why? why yeah. What, what, what are you what, guys here for? What do you... Uh, do what's you serve the goal, under right? Ganon? So, like, like there was, I guess they're supposed to be Ganon's foot soldiers yeah. in terms of what the story is going for, mm-hmm. but... They're not really pursuing you. Like you said, you have one will pop up every so often yeah. just out of nowhere and annoy and, and that's, you. And that's after you you complete the the Yiga 
quest. Mm-hmm. Before then, it's like, okay, you talk to a random traveler. And it's like, hey, I'm here to kill you. And then I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. What a, what a nice guy he was. <laughs> they have a, a weird, insatiable love of bananas. I love it. Which is good because bananas are like the best item in the game. <laughs> Mighty bananas. <laughs> Just cook up five bananas and yep. go to town with anybody. I really was not a fan of that stealth section. Yeah. the There's two stealth sections in this game, and I don't like either of them. Is the Lionel one the first one? No. I wouldn't, consider, I wouldn't consider that one oh, a stealth you could actually because you got, the, the when, Goron? You have, when you have to chase after the Korok that's going to the temple, the, the shrine in the That wasn't fun. You're right. That was really not fun. The Goron one is a stealth section as well. So so which one is that one? The When you are leading the Goron ancestor. Okay, up the thing. right, right, right. That wasn't terrible. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the worst. Yeah. Because the, the, they're giving you options for fighting. Yes. It's not an immediate failure. I got to the end of that Korok thing, and I forgot what happened, but he happened to see me. Uh, I think he, he like makes a left and then makes a right, and I, I was a little too close, and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I had to start the whole thing over. The whole thing. Pissed off. You know what I did after I filled it twice? Uh-huh. I went to Kakariko Village. I bought the entire stealth <laughs> armor. And after I encountered that, I never once took that armor. That was my main armor for most of the game. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he saw me once, and I was like, all right, I'll be more careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw me a second time, I'm like, fuck this. Nope, yeah. I'm out. I'm, I'm buying this it's armor. lengthy. Yes. <laughs> then they have that section with the wolf attacking him at the end, and then he calls out for you. He's like, help me, Mr. Hero. Oh, for real? Yes. And then if you go and try to help him, he's like, hey, why are you following me? Oh, Start over. I didn't. I don't remember a wolf attacking so, him. So a wolf will try to attack him if you are close but not too close. Uh-huh. But if you hang back really far, yeah. the wolf won't spawn. Interesting. That's probably what happened. Because that, that first time I failed, I was like, this isn't going to happen again. And I was like super far to the point where I was like, okay. I, I kind of just saw the direction he went and I was like, I'm just going to follow that direction in the next like 30 seconds. Because he's not going to catch me again. Ugh. Uh, the Yiga clan. So that stealth area, and uh, I guess you can consider that like a mini dungeon. Yeah. That stealth area, the, the first couple parts of it were all right. Fine. Yeah, no and problem. And then you have that this one giant room where you have to like plant bananas to lure these guys yeah. out. And if you get seen, every Yiga in the world is trying to kill you. And you have these guys that will kill you in one hit almost. Yes. It's, it's, no, it's, it's one hit. It's one hit? Okay. <laughs> because I thought I maybe I was maybe too when, underleveled. When, when they strike, well, yeah, you went there very early. Uh, when they strike you, I had a lot of hearts in. As soon as you get hit, you just, you get thrown in jail or it's game over or whatever. Okay. So I'm like, fuck this. If I could fight my way out of it, maybe you can. If you have, if you're perfect, you can maybe because they they fight you with normal combat rules. Yeah, so you just I was don't like, want to get like, hit. The first time I went down there, I was like, okay, cool, I'll just fight them. There's I got hit, and I'm like, oh shit, it's game over. Oh god, and I went. That section took quite a <laughs> quite a long time. That boss was very good though. Yeah, Masakoga. It was it was it's a so, unique fight. It was a it was, a, it was Zelda a little fight. Bit of, a little bit of comedy on it too. Yeah, there there's some. <laughs> The game has a nice amount of levity to it mm-hmm. when it needs it. But oh, the writing in this game is just fantastic. I, I, every time I see a new villager, I'm like, I can't wait to talk to them because they're probably going to say some 
asshole thing. There's there's a lot of sarcasm oh in this game. Oh my god. <laughs> All over the place. Especially if they don't know you're the hero. <laughs> or especially when they do know you're the hero, oh. like in the case of the Zoras. Oh, the Zoras do not like you. Where they hate the hell out of you. Oh, man. Whew. Uh, how'd, how'd you like... Now we're back in the story. How'd you like that, uh, that storyline with Mifa? Uneventful. Oh, you didn't like it? Not really. Okay. I thought I thought it was interesting that they romantically put Link with somebody else. They tried to put romantically put Link with somebody else because you have I guess you have two options. I guess you can choose that kind of. Oh, you mean a uh, uh, a player option? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that one. When you finish it and you talk to the the, the old Zora, guy, I don't like you. When you finish and you talk to the Zora King. Okay. There's like two options, and one of them kind of makes it sound like, you know, I, I'm accepting that love that she was trying to give me. Uh-huh. And the other one is like, yeah, she's cool. Can I get the armor for both? Yeah, you get the armor before that happens. So I said, yeah, she's cool. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want no fish people. Not that I'm a fishist out here. <laughs> it sounds pretty fishist to me. <laughs> when I was like, no. <laughs> Because I saw that memory with her on, and I was like, is she feeling him? How would that work? Nah, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. She's cool. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. This is something I was wondering about. Man, what can what else can we touch on? Um, How food breaks the game? Yeah, we mentioned it a couple times. We didn't actually talk about it. So, uh, how do you like food? I, the way I look at the food is... I have. I currently have maybe about, if I was to guess, maybe 18 hearts. I have a few orbs I haven't cashed in yet. I'm okay. waiting until I finish all the... the Three hearts on the second row? Yeah. All right, it's 18, yeah. Uh, the way I look at it is, okay, 18 hearts plus this food that's going to give me full heal plus 20 hearts, and I have about seven of that. Okay, so I'm invincible. Yeah. That's, that's, just, that's all that it really is. And you eat them with no restriction. Nothing whatsoever. On top of having Mifa's Grace, <laughs> which revives you, and plus, add, I don't know how much heart she adds. It gives you six, plus five. Or plus five. I'm kind of bummed that they locked hard mode behind uh, DLC. Mm-hmm. But I really, really, really hope they add a mechanic where... So, in, in Bloodborne... It's kind of the same way where you have like you have to look at your your blood vials as your life essentially, obsessively, and the difference with that is I I I'm healing as I'm fighting, and I gain energy with the way I perform in battle. Mm-hmm. And this is like okay, pause, eat eat a thousand apples. All right, I'm back in it. You might you, have, you need to cook those apples. Oh, you're right. And then once you find once you I love the cooking. Like, coming from, like, playing Monster Hunter, I'm totally fine with that. And the recipes, everything is awesome. When you come to the realization that you shouldn't cook anything but hearty stuff, yep. all the recipes just become null and void. Except for bananas. Except for bananas. Mighty <laughs> bananas, yes. Cook five of those and you're good to go. The, I like keeping the run speed ones. I, I would cook some run speed ones. Because Sometimes that, I have the night armor. On I there. never, I never use my horse. Yeah, I did at first just to look majestic, but after a while, I I'm never like, use my horse. So the the run speed one was useful for. Mm-hmm. 
it's even it's even better when you realize that not only should you never cook anything that's not hearty, mm-hmm. but that you never really need to cook more than one of the hearty items at once. Because the first time I cooked that, I was like, okay, to make this good, I got to cook like five. So I'll cook five durians. That's, that's, that's that plus was, 20 hearts. That was the game-breaking moment. I was like, wait, full heal plus 20 hearts? That's more hearts than I can even hold onto the screen. <laughs> Which and, it's not. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So I cooked one, and I think one is six. Plus four. Plus four. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. That's yeah. Once I found that out, I'm like, and then you go to the the areas that hold the horses, the stables, the stables, blanking on that. You go to the horse stables, and then like it shows a a recipe, which I think is really cool. Yep, nice poster on the recipe. Oh, cool! That's a cool way to do it. I I took a lot of screenshots of them, and I'm like, okay, let's see what this makes. And it's like, that's cool and stuff. Yeah, but sure, give me something with plus ten, (laughs) plus ten hearts of healing. I. Or I can just eat this <laughs> item that I cooked with one mushroom that gives me full heal plus two hearts. It's like, I will never use you. <laughs> never. Oh. And Which is I, a bummer because, like, you have so... It goes back to the, the materials. You have so much materials and you want to burn through them, but it's like, I'm not going to use this stuff. Yeah. And never. you do have a limited food inventory. Yes. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn it through hearty stuff. Yeah. Even, even now that I have... Max hearts on my game. Mm-hmm. I still make the hearty stuff because it's one item for a full heal. Come on, like, how did somebody not see the economy of this it, and be like, if I cooked one apple, mm-hmm. I would make an uh, an item that gave me one heart, mm. or I could cook one hearty mushroom and that item gives me full heal plus two hearts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was something about cooking apples and um, over an open fire that I kind of came to. I was like. Oh fuck! I didn't know. I didn't know you could do that. I yeah, think, so you could cook most of your food just by exposing it to direct fire. Yes, and it would be roasted. Pot. I tried to cook a, a a chili one time, a, a spicy chili, and it, something happened. It exploded. I, yes. Yeah. Have you ever tried to shoot a bomb arrow in Death Mountain? It explodes immediately. Yeah. Have you tried shooting a bomb arrow in a thunderstorm? It doesn't explode. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The first, the first time both of those things happened, like the the bomb mountain, at, the bomb bomb mountain, bomb at uh, Death Mountain. I was like, "What hit me? You did, dumbass." Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> oh, oh, I hit me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Doing in a rainstorm. I was like, "Okay, I didn't have. I had a regular arrow uh, equipped. Okay, no, I had the bomb arrow equipped." Hmm. Yep. Huh. This game. What about what about regular arrows in Death Mountain? They burn up. They light on fire. Yeah. yeah. This game. Yeah. This, this is going to be fucking encyclopedia of things that can be done that you didn't know could be done in this game. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's why I think this is the greatest open world game ever made because I've never played an open world game where you have so many interconnected parts working together like everything affects something Mm -hmm. like in other games like okay this thing is standalone that thing is standalone this thing is standalone you you deal with it on you know their basis it's like no uh, one of the first back to the great plateau one of the first areas which you have to you don't have the uh the paraglider yet but you have to cross ravine and you get an axe and there are trees so you're like i'm gonna cut this tree and just cross the the ravine Mm -hmm. and it worked yep i was like 
or sticking with the Great Plateau, mm. you uh, you can help out the old man who's by those trees. Yes. Uh, and if you cook the food that he wants you to, he's trying to remember how to cook, mm-hmm. he'll give you the warm shirt so you can go up the, the snowy parts mm-hmm. of the plateau. But you don't need that. Nope. You could just go where you want to go. And if you reach the highest point of the plateau, mm-hmm. he'll be standing there. And he'll be like, wow, how did you make it up here without any warm clothes? That's exactly here, that. I Take this warm shirt. I didn't even know you could get the, the warm, I think it's warm doublet. I didn't know you could get it until... Later on in the game, when I went to Shaq after he, you know, revealed that he was King Rohan or King, I forgot, the King of Hyrule. Yes. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I was supposed to get this before climbing <laughs> this mountain because I was struggling to get up there. Yep. I was like, oh, sure. Let me eat these, you know, peppers. Just start, yep, eating the peppers. Yep. And he came, I came out, he's like, whoa, shit. Man, put this on. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's cold up here. Uh, I. I have a lot of problem. I have a lot of small little nitpicks with this game, but they're completely overshadowed with how much I how much fun I had going through it. So you know the score of ten is getting thrown around mm-hmm. for this game all over the place, and I think the common misconception is that you shouldn't give a, a game a ten if unless it's flawless. But there's no such thing. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever made a flawless game, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody ever will. Uh, and and it, it's pretty much like that in almost anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't get to see perfection very often in in like sports and such, or any type of competitive scene. Little errors are going to happen, mm-hmm. and design decisions are going to happen, and these things might not work out the way that. The company expected them to, yeah, and and the egregious ones will, yes, definitely take off points from a game's final toll. Mm-hmm. But if you're if the worst thing somebody can say about your game is, you know, you really should have put the option to pause the game <laughs> while the item window is on the screen. Mm-hmm. That's that. I'm not gonna say that's nitpicking, but it's it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it, when. There's a lot of things that you will forgive for things that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I noticed this when I was playing Chrono Cross. Because Chrono Cross is not a very good game. But I've come to that realization a few years ago, yes, <laughs> on a replay. But because I was in love with the music of that game, mm-hmm. so much to the fact that I had the soundtrack before the game even came out <laughs> in America, mm-hmm. I was so in love with the music of the game that... I played through it, and I more or less enjoyed what I was playing while I was playing it. Yep. And it wasn't until a later date when I replayed the game, and I was like, you know, if it wasn't for this music, I don't think I would ever play this game again. Hmm. And I, I've looked at this Zelda game, and I said, right now I'm burnt out on it, because I put in 150 hours <laughs> into this game when it came out. I basically did nothing but play Zelda yep. for a good two weeks. So I'm going to put it down mm-hmm. and reflect on it a little bit. But when the time comes, that time will come again and I will play this game again. Yeah. Because there's a lot of games that I've played since I've gotten a lot, you know, older. Mm-hmm. A lot of games I've played that I've liked that I've never turned around and played a second time. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't want to ruin that experience of the, the first time. But that's not it with me because I, I grew up most – and I think a lot of kids grew up. They, you don't necessarily have – Every game that you want, yeah, you have the games that you have, mm-hmm. 
and you need to get more time out of these games. So you end up playing them more than once. I was actually thinking about that the other day. It's funny you say that because, like, in the PlayStation era, I played each one of those Final Fantasies at least four times. Yeah. Because I had nothing else. That's that's what you had. Yeah. So you played it. You know, but I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've played and beaten Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And this is not my favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah. But it's an easily accessible one. It worked on most of the systems that I had mm-hmm. with, without having to buy a different version of the game. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've played it a lot. And, I, I you know, I, and, and with time, I've come to forgive a lot of the things that I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. To be like, all right, fine. It's not as terrible as it was when I was <laughs> a brash 18-year-old yeah. trying to say that I was destroying everything <laughs> that I ever loved. But I don't feel like I have this problem with Zelda. Yeah, there's there's there are games, let's say Lightning Returns mm-hmm. that came out recently, not recently recently, but relatively speaking, yeah. came out a couple of years ago, and I played this game and I thoroughly enjoyed playing the mm-hmm. game. The storyline was complete and utter nonsense garbage, but the gameplay was very fun and addicting, mm-hmm. and I'm ninety seven percent to a platinum on that game, and I'm never gonna play it again. <laughs> Never gonna play it again. Yeah. Every time I, I play it, I'm gonna look at it and say, "Oh man, I'm so close to a platinum," and then I'm gonna see see what it is I need to do, and then I'm just like, "Nope, that's Not just never it. gonna happen." Yeah. And I'll, it, it, I fully acknowledge I will never play this game mm-hmm. again unless I, like, ten years down the line, I say, "Oh man, it's on Steam," and they finally discounted it because it's a Square game, and those things like hardly ever get discounted. <laughs> and I might pick it up and and play it for fun. Yeah. But I see myself playing Zelda again. I see myself playing it before the end of this year. Man, when I beat the game... So, in this game, you if you do New Game Plus, there's no save file. There, I mean, you can't um, you can't have a, a separate save file. It mm-hmm. will overwrite your, uh, your original save file. So, I was like, okay. I'm going to create a new game on another account. So, what does New Game Plus give you in this game? Wait, New Game Plus? Or, or do you just mean a new game? No, I, I, new game from like vanilla, just scratch. Because I didn't even notice there was a new game plus option. Yeah, just continue. Uh, you continue. Wait, a new game plus? No. I thought you said new game plus. No, I. Sorry, I didn't say new game plus, but I want to do a new game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And I was like, okay, I immediately restarted another game. Yeah, I, you know what? I immediately restarted another game too, <laughs> I, I, but I haven't really. Seriously yeah, I, I don't. It. I don't. Con- I don't think I'm gonna continue. I just want to see how far I could get to Ganon and see what's up with that. But I'm. I'm absolutely going to play this game over again. This is a gargantuan game. I have 140 hours, and I haven't even ne- you, went to a town. How, what's your percentage? Now, yeah. 28%. That's impressive. <laughs> it's nowhere near as good as my massive 35%. We've played this game a total between us. Of about 300 hours. Yes. And you combine our percentages together, and it's not even Barely. 60. <laughs> 900 Koroks, you just bullshit, though. That is more than bullshit. Yeah. Fuck that. That's really bullshit. I'm never finding all those. I want to. I'm never going to do <laughs> I it. I really want to. I'm, I'm fully acknowledging that. <laughs> I'm not going to consider that part of 100%. I don't care what, <laughs> I don't care what the counter says. <laughs> Is one hundred percent what I beat everything and have all of my hearts. Mm. Despite this game being on the Wii U as well as the swan song for this, uh, for that system, I think this is probably the most important launch game. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. It made me... More people bought this game for the Switch <laughs> than they bought the Switch. As we found out. <laughs> it made me realize how incredible... Like We actually didn't talk about the platforms we're playing. We're both playing on Switch. But it didn't... It wasn't until this game where I realized how incredible the core idea of the Switch is. Where I can sink 140 hours into a game that's either on TV or handheld mode while I'm on the train or uh, at, on... It's break. only on TV. <laughs> right. But I don't want to say this game ruined games going forward, but I'm currently playing through Persona 5 right now with my fiance. <laughs> and it's like, man... The fact that the reason I made it that we both play this game because I don't want to sit there by myself play it, playing it. Like <laughs> no. I, I wanna, I wanna be able to walk with this thing everywhere I I can to play this game. And Zelda has now ruined games going forward for me. Yeah, that's that's why my Switch is a home console, <laughs> so I don't set myself up for those expectations. Um, we like this game. Yes, uh, undoubtedly. I, I might have sound like I was uh, nitpicking on a few things earlier, but I, I absolutely love this game. I mean, so we kind of have to, I guess, mm -hmm. because the verdict is what it is. But I, I've said it, I think the instant classic. Mm -hmm. I, I said it before this episode. Uh, we more or less knew where you fell on, yeah. on it. I said it's one of the important games. So we have to fill some time. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the industry works, I guess. Yep. It's it's, it's important. Flawless. It's important to acknowledge that there's failures mm -hmm. because you can't improve if you don't recognize failures. Yes. Which is both exciting and scary for the next Zelda game, right? Because if they use this as a base, but then fix the they have one ground up for this system and fix the things that were the issue. Where else do you go? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> you can always improve on stuff, but shit. There's this, this a handful of things I want better in this game. Yeah. Handful. Not much. Yeah. Right. And some of them are stuff I could, like, I could get over that. Yeah. Really. The, the, my biggest chief beef, really, is the, the shrines. I, I just wish there was more, you know interconnective parts going on throughout it. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty much my only beef with the game. Yeah. Amp up the challenge a little bit. Yeah. Especially since you 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 open the salvo with giving me everything. It's like, D don't hold my hand. Well, for the most part, at least they didn't. They let you run around the world Very and true. not hold your hand. Yeah. So. They gave you that experience. Just not in the little enclosed one-shot dungeons. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I'm sure there's some stuff we've missed. I yes. Because <laughs> I'm gonna I, be upset when I on, yeah, when, on my way home. Like, when you go and edit fuck. this, you're just gonna remember all the stuff that you missed. Uh, but if you are playing this game and you're not satisfied by it, honestly, I I don't know what I could tell you. This it's got to be one of the most satisfying experiences I've ever had in gaming. I can see people. I can see the people that didn't like Wind Waker, not like this game. I didn't like Wind Waker, and I love this game. Um, well, the people that didn't like the the, the meandering throughout the over, the open world. It was because the open world of Wind Waker was nothing but blue. 
Very true. Kevin Costner almost lost his career because of that. <laughs> and there are there is a lot of downtime in this game. Yes. I love downtime. Is why I like Wind Waker because I like discovering, like feeling on an adventure. Like not every adventure is going to be like high stakes and everything is like popping off. Like sometimes you need a need a like chill out for a little bit. Yeah. And this game has that space and I can see the people that don't want that can be a little frustrated. Well, at least this game's downtime is more exciting than Wind Waker's downtime. I will agree with that. And it gives... The downtime in this game is basically exploring. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. And you are rewarded because of it. Right. So it doesn't feel like it's actually downtime, Mm -hmm. even though it is. Mm -hmm. Whereas the downtime in Wind Waker is... Well, I got to get across the map from here to here, so I'm just going to set this direction Mm -hmm. and... Blow some wind and look at some water. On your first playthrough, it's I thought it was exciting. I did not <laughs> think it was exciting, but we've said our be- we yeah. said our piece on Wind Waker. It's uh, it's not for this episode, I guess. So you said it's the best Zelda. Is this your favorite Zelda? So I I, I always have this problem when I'm trying to evaluate things, mm-hmm. and I said on on. I think it was in a Final Fantasy re- retrospective. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I I was saying, I probably think twelve is the best Final Fantasy game that they've made, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could say it's my favorite because four and six cloud my judgment. Yeah, and I love this game, but I don't know if I can say it's my favorite because Zelda was formed for me with Zelda one with yeah. a, a bond with my mother. Yes, over playing this game, mm-hmm. and this is. I don't. This is not something I can replace. Yeah, it, it's it's just always gonna be there. It's mm-hmm. always gonna be a part of me. Uh, so I don't know if I could say it's my favorite, but I could definitely say it's up there. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way because I, I was struggling with it. I I think I need more time to pass because it's the best Zelda game that has ever come out that ha- that I have ever played. But I don't quite know if I could call it my favorite yet. Because like when I think back on like Link's Awakening, I, I absolutely love Link's Awakening. Like huddle over my Game Boy playing that game. I'm yeah, like, just, you fucking love that game. Like when I think back on it, it's that, it's hard to fight with the memory. Yeah, like and and all the years that like the memory amplified. Right. <laughs> and but as as you said, I will say this is very much up there. Yes. Very very much up there. And you know maybe if there, if I was in a world where nostalgia wouldn't cloud my judgment mm-hmm. like that, I probably would just come out and say it's my favorite one. Yeah, I just can't honestly say that, and and that's no slight to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's uh, actually uh, <laughs> that's actually a compliment. I mean, just, just the idea that I could entertain it. Yeah, uh, because Zelda one is almost an untouchable game to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- things like when I when I said similar things about twelve compared to Final Fantasy four and six. Final Fantasy's four and six are like untouchable games to yeah. me. Uh, so when you when you realize these things, it's almost like it's pecking away at your soul. <laughs> you see, is this not who I really am? <laughs> I defied my identity by this. It's uh, thanks for asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've gone on for a little while. Mm-hmm. I hope that. What you've heard has, uh, you know, maybe helped solidify some things, or I hope you've learned some of the stuff that we had had to uh, go through and learn ourselves. Mm-hmm. By the way, using lightning as a weapon is a very cool thing. 
And I'm talking about lightning coming from the sky, not like a thunder weapon. Oh, yeah. I've done that a few times. Yeah. Did you know they actually uh, they actually mentioned this in the loading screen? I didn't actually think about it until it happened. That in the previous Zelda games where you have full health and you use the Master Sword. You shoot a beam. You shoot a beam. Yeah. So I'm like, one of the tool tips came up is like, if you're at full health and you can't, I, I should have realized that you can't throw away the you Master Sword. You can't throw away the Master yeah. Sword. Right. If you try to throw the Master Sword, it shoots a beam. It shoots a beam. I was like, huh. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty weak. Yeah, super weak. Right. The Master Sword itself, unless you're fighting a, a Guardian or fighting somebody of the Blight. Yeah, it's pretty mediocre. Yeah, I use it as a pickaxe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best axes that you get. Yep. It's also one of the best hammers you get, too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the Mighty Master Sword. Mighty, Mighty Master Sword. <laughs> Turns into a farming item. Uh, it was kind of always a farming item. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the beam of the sword gets longer as you get more hearts? I did not know Travels that. Travels further. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. And with that, <laughs> the 52nd instance of I did not know that you could do this, we shall leave you. Uh, so thank you for taking a listen to uh, this spoiler-filled episode of Zelda with very minimal spoilers and a lot of mechanics discussion yep. because the mechanics are truly the spoilers of this game. Yes, they are. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us on this one, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.